When I was in either junior high or high school, in my youth group, we did Clowns for Christ. I was a clown for Christ. No. <laughs> clowns for Christ? How is that a thing? There, was there a was there a clown at the Last Supper I was unaware of? Was was somebody clowning around? Well, there? you know the the, the food took it. forever, and they needed some No, like we went to nursing homes and stuff like that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Jesus clowns. That probably wouldn't have worked. You, you want a balloon? All I do is crucifixes. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's five after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see some snow develop during the course of the day today. Generally light, high temperature 28, then occasional snow overnight tonight and into the day Tuesday. Tuesday scattered snow showers, high temperature 22. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It is six degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The country is honoring Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. today. The federal holiday celebrates the life and achievements of the influential American civil rights leader. The Baptist minister was the chief spokesman for nonviolent activism in the civil rights movement, his nonviolent civil disobedience based on his Christian beliefs. He was assassinated on April 4th, 1968 in Memphis. President Ronald Reagan signed the holiday into law. 1983, and it was celebrated for the first time three years later. It was officially observed in all 50 states for the first time in 2000. The holiday marks King's birthday, which was January 15th. Locally, there are several celebrations honoring the life of Reverend King and in observance, all local state uh, local, county, state and federal offices will be closed as will banks and post offices. Stay indoors. If you are outdoors, seek immediate shelter in a building. Remain indoors well away from Well, window. imagine if hearing that. Pull safely to the side of the road and seek shelter in a building or oh. We will announce when the threat has ended. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. Imagine hearing that and being told there is an incoming missile. A Hawaii congresswoman says this weekend's false ballistic missile warning points to the need for President Trump to negotiate directly with North Korea. Democrat Tulsi Gabbard was on CNN's State of the Union yesterday. Gabbard said the nation needs to get to the underlying issue of why the people of Hawaii and the country are facing a nuclear threat coming from North Korea today and what President Trump is doing urgently to eliminate that threat. False alarm in Hawaii on Saturday happened when an employee hit a wrong button. Um, why is there only the one button? I haven't seen that in, except in cartoons in the Austin Powers movies. Well, they apparently have been doing these drills since December. Yeah. But uh, th- this one, the real warning went out. How about the fat orange guy wouldn't get off the golf course to talk about it? All those people thought they were dying. They thought they were I about mean, to they, be attacked. Yeah. People r- literally running for their lives. Well, you got to finish out a the so back nine. Get a nice, I mean, you know, yeah, get a nice round going. Yeah, and then there was conflicting information. So you know, well, the and the other thing is they within three minutes they knew that this actual this is not a drill thing went out, but it took them forty minutes to issue. Hey, this we screwed up. Yeah, text messages. We made went a mistake. Out. Oh, people were like saying goodbye to loved ones on the mainland. Yeah. 
And it freaked everybody out on the mainland who had people that might have been visiting Hawaii or that live there, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're calling their relatives like, are you okay? What's going on? They're like, I'm sleeping in. It's Hawaii. Right. (laughs) Yeah, pretty terrifying. Allegheny County Health Department officials say three residents are dead from flu-related complications just over the last week. They say all three were over the age of 60 and had some other medical conditions. In Pennsylvania alone, this strain of flu has led to 18 deaths this season. Health officials say six are people under the age of 65. Enlisted military personnel have the most stressful jobs around. It's at the top of CareerCast.com's annual list of the most stressful professions. After the military, firefighters, airline pilots, police officers, and event coordinators are the most stressful jobs. Reporters and broadcasters are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Medical sonographers have the least stressful job on the list followed by hairstylists, audiologists, university professors, and medical records technicians. Least stressful. A Louisiana postal worker says he burned the mail instead of delivering it. Mark Wayne Thompson of Vernon Parish pleaded guilty last week to one count of use of delay or destruction of mail by a postal employee. Thompson admitted that instead of delivering the mail, he would just take it home. It went on from December 1st of 2016 till May 1st of 2017. And all Tom Thompson estimates that he destroyed it about 20 tubs of mail. He faces up to five years in prison, three years supervised release, and a fine of $250,000 when he is sentenced in April. Yeah, that's a lot of destroyed mail. Yeah, what if you were getting bills that you yeah. d- ended or up checks. not getting pa- Or checks, yeah. People, people looking to get hitched immediately after flying into Las Vegas will soon have some help in the terminal. A uh, pop-up marriage license kiosk is going up in McCarran International Airport next month. The Clark, uh, Clark County Clerk's Office plans to keep the airport pop-up open from February 9th through the 19th. For those looking for help getting a marriage license quick around Valentine's Day, President's Day, and the Chinese New Year, which the- is apparently a big wedding time in las vegas that's how you know it's gonna last when you guys get hitched next to the smoking lounge in the airport terminal is that the the one that has like the glass box yeah is that vegas <laughs> the smoking disgusting. box it's absolutely the most disgusting thing ever totally disgusting. even when i smoked i didn't go in there i know because it was it would make you sick and sad A long list of 60s eras musicians are suing Pandora for its use of recordings made before 1972. A brief was filed in a California lawsuit over the weekend by a group of musicians that includes Carole King, Doors drummer John Densmore, and companies like the Beatles' Apple Corps, Grateful Dead Productions, and Jimi Hendrix's Experience Hendrix. At stake is whether or how services like Pandora need to compensate performers and labels for their use of older recordings not covered by federal law. Ann Wilson of Heart is recording a new album. She says it's a tribute to some of the uh, sister or the artists rather that we've lost over the past few years using the working title PDG, which is for Project Dead Guys. Anne says, quote, it's a project very dear to me, a collection of songs by Leonard Cohen, David Bowie, Tom Petty, and Chris Cornell, to name a few. Uh, That's her quote. Working with her on the album is original Hurt producer Mike Flicker and is still touring and doing some dates on the road by herself. She hasn't made up with Nancy yet. So dumb. It's so crazy. Over her creepy husband. Yes. 
Ooh. who physically assaulted Nancy's yeah. sons. Anne's nephews. Dennis Rodman is accused of driving under the influence in California. Police say the former uh, Chicago Bull was pulled over Saturday night in Newport Beach. He took a breathalyzer before being arrested. Rodman's agent says the Hall of Fame has been suffering from alcoholism on and off for the past 17 years. Cold with snow today, upper 20s for the high at 6 degrees now at DVE. Fourth and one, there's a toss again. This time Le'Veon's going to be swamped, and the ball goes over on downs. A loss on the play. The Jacksonville Jaguars flew to that football and including Jalen Ramsey. I uh, don't even know how, how to explain what it felt like to be there yesterday as uh, Heinz Field went st- stunned silence on several occasions. Yep. Boo birds rained down on several occasions. And now people are calling for everybody's job. The team fighting in the locker room, an Ooh, emotional really? tumult. David DeCastro calling out his teammates. Wow. Um, you know, he's pissed. For all that- the talk leading up to the game, you know, all the Patriots talk and just mm-hmm. giving those guys bulletin board material. Mm-hmm. So it was an ugly end, an emotional end to a tumultuous season. I still don't understand why people want to fire Todd Haley when they put up 45 points or 42 points on you know, one of the best defenses in the league. I think I think people are so fired up about Haley for situational play calling. Like that play you just replayed, the call of. That Fourth and, and a foot, and you pitch it nine yards behind the line. It, you know, plays like that frustrate the hell out of the fans. Steelers got their ass handed to them at home yesterday. The defense was abysmal. Who would have ever thought if you said, oh, the Steelers scored 42 points, they lost? Yeah. Who would ever think that? They were just chasing the whole day. Chasing, chasing, chasing. I mean, you go down 21 zip at home. I mean, the the offense gave the ball away twice that resulted in scores. One immediately on the scoop score. And then uh, Ben's interception was turned into a touchdown. On the very next play, I think, Fournette just ran off tackle and just kept going. And uh, that was brutal. brutal. And they couldn't stop him all day. Could not stop him. Ironically, and I mean, this is insane to even say, the first 21 points that were scored were, were not the backbreaker. It was the uh, the second 21 points that they scored. I mean, yeah. It was like, we've seen defenses in games get out of control where they go down 21 zip and fight their way back. What we haven't seen is... Bleeding just not stop. The onside the whole day they couldn't they couldn't make a stop. The onside kick with two and change two timeouts and the two point or the uh, two minute warning. That's on Tomlin. I still I get that you haven't stopped them a lot, but the pressure is on them now. When have you ever seen the Steelers onside kick successfully? I've never seen it. That was uh, Coach Tomlin is being chastised league-wide for uh, the fourth and ones and the onside kick yesterday. I don't think people have as much of a problem with him as going for fourth and one, just what he called. Right. And that come, that's why Todd Haley comes under fire. And, well, Ben audibled out of the second fourth and one. And that wasn't even one, was it? 
No. It looked like, on TV like it was inches. And he threw it. Why? I don't know. And then they asked about. Charge up to the line and just sneak it. Yeah. They don't do that, though. And then, Why are they overthinking it? So then Ben teed off on Tomlin, it seemed like. Or not Tomlin, on uh, Haley about that after the game, or at least blamed him for it. He's like, yeah, well, we never call that. I don't know why, but we never call it. Michael have a full uh, breakdown from what, what, ha- what happened in the locker room. It was brutal. And uh, I'm feeling it. It was a long day. Me too. Long day and uh, a long season come to an end. Ryan Shazier pretty abruptly in the stadium. And what we kept saying last week, we're looking past these guys. Everyone's talking about the Patriots. Now we don't have to talk about the Patriots. Now you just can't leave. Uh, <laughs> just a terrible day. I'm just screaming off the air here. It's going to be an awful Monday. I oh, a lot of people don't have to work. Yeah. That's good news for a lot of people. Yeah. Bad news for a lot of people who have to who work. Who have to work. Like us. Mm, yeah, well, you know, we thought we'd be talking about the AFC Championship. I guess we are. Yeah, we will be. <laughs> and just how the we're match not. matchup between the Jaguars and the Patriots. Yeah, talk about how we're not going to be there. Well, it was tough yesterday watching the Jaguars and, the, and, their, uh, and their locker room scrums. They were rubbing it in our face, yeah. and well, honestly, they were calling out Mike Mitchell. Yeah, because apparently he was standing outside their locker room saying, "You're going to know my name." Yep. Before the game. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh my God. He's he like, ate, "Yeah, I think it. I know you. You're the guy that I ran over a bunch of times in the first game, right?" What are we doing? Looking forward to running you over a bunch more this game. See you out there. You got uh, You got a lot. I love of- Mitch. I love money, Mitch. But guy hasn't made a big play in a big game. Yeah, he hasn't. I'm sorry. The only thing, the only positive I see out of that game yesterday is just based on yesterday's game, just yesterday's game. I think the Jaguars have a chance to beat the Patriots. The Steelers, based on yesterday's play, no way. No, they don't have the defense. They would get killed in New England. They couldn't tackle. Fournette would. It, Point of contact, get four more yards every single time. All right, Mike has a breakdown for you when he... That being said, some amazing touchdowns by the Steelers. Amazing. I mean... Almost every, every touchdown pass was Every like one of them was, ins- glorious. was insane. Including Defenders the, draped all over them. Including the, uh, the uh, lateral to uh, Le'Veon Bell, which made Bill spit in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Dude, he I'd spit. Never, I'd never seen that play before. He spit in my face. I now know that uh, uh, Ben um, throwing a, a lateral, a backwards lateral, makes me spit. You're like, what is he doing? Touchdown. You're like, Phew. <laughs> <laughs> he just spit in my face. I had some beer in there. It wasn't like a loogie. <laughs> just like big. <laughs> I did a spit take because I've never seen that play before. I know. It was so funny. Please forgive me. <laughs> you just could not hold it in. You're like, because first you were pissed. You're like, what is he doing? And then he, he laddles it, and I go, touchdown. And he went, like, just all over my face. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude. <laughs> he just spit on. It's like in that movie, uh, The Brother Solomon, when they tell him that uh, 
that Christian Wig is pregnant and he throws a chair through the <laughs> yeah. through the window and he's like, you know, you never know how you're gonna react when I, you hear news like that. Apparently. That was you. Know, you. All when right. Ben scrambling and throws a, a backward lateral, I spit. Isn't that an oxymoron backward lateral? I mean it's just a backward path. It's like a, yeah. you know, a lateral is lateral. I might be a little redundant there. Yeah, you're not. I mean, it's like the accepted phrase, you know? Yeah. Um, At any rate, Mike uh, has a post-game reaction. DVE Sports. I don't even want to hear this. Can we play a song? (laughs) I'll go home if you want. We should all go home. Steelers, they're going home. After an abysmal defensive effort yesterday. Oh, I'd like to stop a defensive effort. No, no, no. Well, they still put up 42, so I have And they time. gave them 14 they by playing 14. right in their hands. Because yep. what did they learn from October? Nothing. I don't dis- I don't. Let's drop back and hold the ball until you get hit, and they run it into your end zone. Yeah, good play. <laughs> Let's throw sideways to Vance McDonald short of the first bounce <laughs> six. Because they probably won't intercept it. Yeah, what was that? I, dumb. Don't stop with the defense. Offense, defense, coaching, all subpar. They got what they deserved. They're done. That's sports. <laughs> sports is our brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. It should be brought to you by a disaster restoration yep. service. Prozac. It was a team effort. It was a, a complete team effort. Everybody contributed to that 45-42 loss to Jacksonville. Everybody had their hand in the pile on this one. And where you go from here, well, they got the offseason to sort that out. If there's any good news, it's that Ben Roethlisberger said uh, he's coming back next year. Listen to uh, a uh, long and winding answer during which Roethlisberger eventually gets around to talking about 2018. Oh, I definitely have a desire to play football. I love this game. I love these guys. Um, Like I said, um, it's tough. It stings. Um, You hate to lose it. You hate to lose it at home. I feel bad because I feel like I let the fans down, my teammates down. Um, and, you know, the fans, we gave them so much to enjoy and cheer for this year. But to lose this at home, um, I know that a lot of them, not a lot, there'll be some that say, it's you know, we had a great season. Thanks for the, for the ride. But a lot of them are disappointed like we are. It wasn't enough. And, um, and I feel bad for that. I feel like I let a lot of people down. And I'll take it all on myself. That's fine. And I have no problem with that. And um, I, I will be, like I said, I don't know about contracts and who's coming back, but I know the guys up front are, and that makes it uh, good for me. And um, so I look forward to, to next year with those guys. And then he was asked shortly thereafter, does that mean you're calling it now that you're coming back in 2018? And he said, you heard my answer. That should be good enough. So so Ben's coming back. And uh, seemingly uh, Le'Veon Bell thinking about coming back as well. He was talking uh, holdout and retirement and not playing under the franchise tag as recently as last Thursday. But yesterday, like Roethlisberger, Bell was looking ahead, kind of. Um, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that's for the guys upstairs um, to handle all that. Um, you know, I'm just a player. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. So um, hopefully, you know, we get a lot of people back, um, you know, make a run next year. You know, I know we got the talent. You know, I know we got a lot of, you know, great players in this locker room, a lot of young players. You know, um, TJ was a great, you know, pick. You know, I think, um, you know, Tua is still going into his own. It's a lot of guys who's really young and still kind of getting better and developing. And I think, you know, another year, we break those guys even more elite. So um, it'll, be, it'll be fun next year. It'll be fun next year. Does that mean he's going to be a part of it around all the posturing? And 
Hopefully. Free agent slash franchise tag talk. He's not going to not play at 26 no. years of age. He's no, not, he's not. He's not going to leave $15 million on the table. Right? Who's he kidding? No, that's bad business. Well, I'm done. I'm going to go rap now. Which makes everything he did even stupider by causing a ruckus at all about this. Just the the lack of professionalism or the redefinition of what it what is in bounds for these guys is disheartening. I'm not trying to sound like a get off my lawn old man yells at cloud thing here, but like come on, man. Like David DeCa- like David DeCastro was super pissed and he had a right to be. I get it. And it had to be madness for people like him and, and Villanueva and the guys who were like more buttoned down, you know, and just wanted to Cam Hayward, people like that who don't want the sideshow. And it was all year long, Mike. It was, but they seemed to thrive around it. We were talking about that going into the game at the end of last week. Yeah, par for the course. They they didn't play well. I, does anybody think they didn't play well because they were distracted? I don't. I think just they no. got their ass kicked. And I think it shed some light on the fact that uh, they're no nowhere near as far along defensively as we thought. And offensively, uh, while they have an abundance of talent and they are capable of making spectacular plays, they don't have a go-to play to get a yard when they need one. That's just crazy. How do they uh, how, that playing with too many toys, trying too much different stuff, trying to keep too many people happy? I don't. You know, they got to reevaluate their entire offensive philosophy. And they got to reevaluate their entire defensive roster because once Ryan Shazier went out, he shouldn't have been uh, a Jenga piece that made the whole thing collapse. It's harder to play without him than with him, but they weren't able to function without him. And when you get run on the way they got run on when he went out, it's hard to do anything else. Eventually, it's all going to fall apart. But uh, yeah, if you can't stop the run, good luck. Yeah, what else? You know. And it, it just spiraled out of control yesterday. Uh, the locker room, obviously, very emotional. And uh, if you're wondering if any of the players felt as badly as you did after all this took place, yeah, I'm guessing a bunch of them did, including Vince Williams. I feel like we failed as the city of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? This ain't, I feel Ryan. That's my best friend. I feel like I felt my best friend and Mr. Rooney. You know, we had a lot of expectations this season. We had a lot of hype. We had a lot of buzz generated. And to come out here in the second round at home in front of Hines, in front of everybody we care about and everybody that loves us and fail, you know, that feels like Failed everybody. And uh, Cam Hayward speaking for the defense said that, well, they failed everybody because everybody failed. It's a group effort. Uh, it's not one person. You know, if it gets... If we give up a long play, you know, it's on D-line in front to get more pressure so he doesn't throw it deep, you know, and then we just have to be accountable on the back end. Um, in the runs or, you know, when they drop it off uh, in the flat, we've got to be able to rally and get there. Uh, you know, it's collective effort. Um, we knew we knew we did. Uh, we just didn't execute well. I love these guys, and I hate that we did it. Um, Next year, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know who's going to be here. So, we'll take it from there. Yeah. They had no turnovers and no sacks, right? Correct. Whew. Rough day. And yet, the Steelers still had more first downs, 28 to 22, more total yards, 545 to 378. 
more offensive plays, 78 to 61. That's a big disparity. And uh, more time of possession, 31-10 to 28-50. And they find a way to lose at home to Jacksonville. Can't can't give them the defensive score. Can't do it. Nope. They did it to you twice last time. Got to number your feathers for just such an emergency. Turnovers. And that was a coverage strip sack right there. Jacksonville none. And boy, did they have some fun with all the uh, Steelers-Patriots talk. Why They were screaming for Mike Mitchell. Good. Going into their locker room. They were yelling at Le'Veon Bell, telling him to go ahead and retire now. Yeah. They all des- they deserve it. You have to take it when you... Uh, you got to take that. But I'll say this, I, I thought it was fun along the way. I didn't have a problem with it at all. In fact... I embrace guys speaking their mind and speaking from the heart instead of saying, well, we're going to take it one at a time, and Jacksonville's a good team. If you get your business done, nobody cares. If you don't, it doesn't really matter what you said beforehand, does it? No. No, but people point to it and say. Yeah, and then they make you, they make fun of you, and then yeah. you have to wear that. But when Mike Mitchell is quoted as saying, we'll play them in Haiti, we'll play them in hell, every Steeler fan was fired up about that, right? Yeah. That's what you want to hear. The timing of that article couldn't have been worse for him. It could not have been, as it turned out. So they won't play him in Haiti. They won't play him in hell. They won't play mm-hmm. him in New England. They'll play him next year, maybe. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <sighs> I think they're coming here. I the think. Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, all I right. I haven't moved on to the schedule. <laughs> no. The Steelers announced last night they're going to franchise Tag Le'Veon Bell. I saw that too. I did not hear. Uh, like I couldn't believe that hit the news. Yeah. I'm, I I that would stagger me if they announced it. Is somebody speculating or? I think Rappaport reported. I'm not sure. I will have to go back and see where that was, but it was on a crawl. I th- I saw it on the NFL Network or something like that, and I thought, wow, if they announced that, if someone asked Colbert and he said, yeah, we're franchising him. That's a. Sh- I thought that would be a shot at Le'Veon Bell to do that so soon after that game. Like, yeah, go ahead and retire. Yeah, not- I mean, he played great. Oh. that. Go ahead, uh, Slack. Prior to the game, Ian Rappaport reported on the NFL Network that the the Steelers were expected to franchise tag Le'Veon Bell. Well, I that was told you that. Game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just what. That's what okay. the NFL Network's saying. Back, back to the trash talk thing for one second. Hold on. Let's take a break and come back, and then we'll reopen this wound. Okay. DV. It's called Gallows Humor. It's the DVE Morning <laughs> Show. <laughs> and uh, we're pissed. You're pissed. We're all pissed. If you're listening to this, you're probably pissed. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. You woke but, up with anger. Because you have to work today. That Steelers loss. Again, Val. This entire season has been like Dayton, the crazy hot chick. It's all drama, but it was worth it for the sex. And you know, eventually, she's gonna kill your cat or something. The only, the well, I mean, everybody was so pissed off early in the game that you probably weren't as pissed off as you might have been at the end of the game. Right? If it was like it was building well, yeah. the whole time. I'd given up. I gave up. Game is over. Oh, the, the, in the first quarter. The strip sack 
scoop turns for uh, seven. I thought that was the game right there. I'm like, yeah. we just lost the game. That's that's ball game. When when they came back, they got within a touchdown at one point, right? A couple points. Oh yeah. Uh, I was texting with a friend in Chicago, and I'm like, I'm not le- allowing myself to get excited. No. <laughs> well. If I was at home, I would have cleaned my entire garage <laughs> by the um, time that game ended. Because I got to do something productive. I, I got one of the touchdowns. Work for me. Three points. Oh, three points. That close. Twenty-eight, twenty-one, well, thirty-five, twenty-eight, and forty-two, thirty-five. Mike, what what do you think about the onside kick? Awful, brutal, horrible. Why would you do that? I just don't I, know I don't why know. you do that. Tom would. Say, well, here, here's his explanation. Uh, if you want to get it from uh, the source. You know, we wanted to get the ball back, you know. Um, we hadn't stopped them convincingly enough to, to take any other approach, in my opinion. And it was my decision. Now, they hadn't stopped him, but he's got to have a better grasp, I think, of the situation. Jacksonville is not going to do anything exotic at that point. Right. It's, uh, it's going to run the ball and make you use your timeouts and, and maybe think it can get a first down running the ball anyway. But, Probably could have. But the pressure's it, on them. Kick it deep. Get them at their 25. Kick it out of the end zone. Get them at their 25. Use the two-minute warning in your two timeouts. Get the ball back with about a minute 50 left around the 40-yard line, down seven. Hey, kick the ball off. Huddle your defense up. Point up to the box where Ryan Shazier is sitting and say, go do it for him. Stop these guys right now. You haven't done it today yet. Now's your time. Inspire them. He just... Little, that explanation is unbelievable. Yeah, they rolled us all day, so I figured, well, all I could at that point, I'd given up, and this was our hail mary with two and a half minutes left. Even though we clearly had another option. Yeah, no, that was that was mismanaged. That was wrong. Blew that call without question, and that's a and that's a big big deal because the game was not over yet. What about uh, the fourth and ones? Again, have a go to play. You got an all pro running back. You got a, an offensive line. Every one of them's making a zillion dollars. What are they there for? I don't understand running, a, you know, pitching it yeah. back. People are four fixated yards. with the quarterback sneak. They don't do that, okay? Does anybody remember the last one? Every time it's fourth and one, stop bitching about the effing sneak. But you can't turn around. You don't have to be in shotgun. You can be under center. You can turn around and give it to Le'Veon Bell, your all-pro running back, and run behind your all-pro center or your all-pro guard. Yeah. Or, you know, you can get a yard. You don't have to outthink them to get a yard. You can, you can line up and knock them off the ball to get a yard. Those bastards. They're, that offense is, and Bill, I think you were talking about it, the spectacular nature of those touchdowns was breathtaking. Oh, everyone. But, but they can't make a yard when they need one. What is the point? What is the point of having all this talent if you can't make simple plays when you have to make them? You need a, I, I, I don't, I don't know. James Conner type guy going 100 yeah, miles an hour into the line. There just has to be a power run Something. formation That's where it. you're doing the dive or yeah. you're just not getting cute with not it. Fournette just... getting the end zone, dove over the top. That can be done. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Oh, we'll get them going this way, and then we'll pitch it that way, and we'll fool them and trick them and blow it. I don't... Hell of a game from A.B. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy's unreal. His first catch when he fought for that first down. Oh, yeah. I just thought right away, like, this, he's the guy who gets it. Like, yeah. all the time. He just, 
He knows how, how tough it is. He knows how you have to battle for that little extra that makes the difference between winning and losing. And I don't know if that uh, is the case with too many other guys in uh, in that locker room, but he certainly is one of the most special players. And he's annoying as hell sometimes, but he's always 100% on the field. Yeah, always. And it, the, he had that play you're talking about, the effort and you know the, the grasp of urgency, and then he's making one-handed catches in the end zone, just the spectacular <laughs> stuff. That was a ridiculous uh, catch. I, See, to me, they have the horses on offense, but on defense, they got some explaining to do. Yeah, they do. Look, they you know you've also got to do a better job of realizing that, and particularly when Shazier went out. Remember that point in the year where we were talking about how they needed to possess the ball and protect the defense? Yep. Maybe 38 minutes of possession would have been a good idea yesterday instead of 31. <sighs> Maybe instead of throwing it 58. 58 times. What were we talking about before the game? 20. 20? Offense and defense have to work in concert with each other. They have to figure out the situation, and they have to be honest when they're appraising, okay, we're either going to stop this team or we're not. This team can hurt us defensively. This team can turn us over and score on us. It's not a video game. So frustrating. The, uh, you know, I've, I think unquestionably, unquestionably they were the better team. Steelers are a better team. They were outplayed and outcoached yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if they're the better team. They got their ass kicked by that team twice. How many times do they have to lose to them till we say Jacksonville's the better team? Another one more. One more. One more. Yeah. Yeah. Just one, one more time. One more time. Just one more time. That ought to do it. Maybe he can uh, throw the ball 60 times. That's the part that bothers me. To not have learned from your mistakes. You threw the go- ball 108 times in two meetings they, against this team. First play from scrimmage for the Steelers. They throw the ball. Second play, throw the ball. Now what? They're doing the third play. You got to throw the ball, Mike. He threw a pick. Isn't that when he threw the... Uh, no, I think that was the second possession. Wasn't it? Yeah, Maybe it might it was. have been. I'll tell you what. It was... I don't know. So much stuff happened. I, I was just getting into reaction in the locker room and who's coming back and who isn't and all that. But um, I, I think in this case, you, you could analyze this from now till next week. There's, they still lost. All right, Val has news when we come back. What do you got coming up? Well, do we really need something that goes in our gut to tell us how farty we are? I mean, I wouldn't mind it if it's an app (laughs) I can have on my phone. Warning. I think they could kind of gauge that on the way out, couldn't they? We'll talk about it coming up. (laughs) Chance to win 1000 bucks in workforce cash coming up next. Some amazing touchdowns by the Steelers. Amazing. I mean... Almost every, every touchdown pass was every like one of them was in glorious. was insane, including the the uh, lateral to uh, Le'Veon Bell, which made Bill spit in my face. <laughs> Sorry about that. I now know that uh, uh, Ben um, throwing a, a lateral, a backwards lateral, makes me spit. You're like, what is he doing? Touchdown! You're like, <laughs> <laughs> just spit in my face. I had some beer in there. It wasn't like a loogie. <laughs> just like big. <laughs> I did a spit take because I've never seen that play before. I know. It was so funny. Please forgive me. <laughs> you just could not hold it in. You're like, because first you were pissed. You're like, what is he doing? And then he, he laddles it, and I go, touchdown. And he went, like, just all over my face. I just like, couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah. 
I did the same thing later when uh, Tomlin onside kicked with two fifteen left, two timeouts, and the two two minute warning. Spit right in my face. I deserved it. Steelers deserve to lose. They got what they deserved yesterday, and got their asses kicked for the second time this year at home by the Jaguars. At home, offense put up forty two points. Ben had five touchdown passes. They were all remarkable, but. They contributed 14 points to the bad guys. The thing about that is, I know that that's, they needed to be smarter there. You can't give them anything. But they've had that sort of live by the sword, die by the sword mentality all year long. And the whole point was, well, you got to be able to outscore that. If you score 42 points in a playoff game, you should win. You should win. So while there is blame to go around on the offensive side, there are degrees of blame. And the defense yesterday was horrific. Couldn't stop the bleeding. They couldn't. Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette uh, and Corey, I mean, they ran, you know, at will. Yep. They got to do whatever they wanted all day long. They were a sieve. Steelers, season is over. Some uh, One of the craziest seasons I can ever remember. It was a train wreck the whole time, and they just <laughs> kept winning. It, Some, was a, it was a beautiful disaster of a season. Yes. I equated it to dating a crazy person <laughs> because the sex is great. And eventually, but the whole time you're like, "This is madness. this chick is crazy." It's gonna, this is gonna blow this up is, in my face. It's gonna end badly, and it did yesterday. And so all the looking ahead to the Patriots pissed off the Jags. They used it all as bullet board material. They talked about it nonstop. They they uh, were calling out Mike Mitchell after the game, calling out Le'Veon Bell. Tim Benz is going to join us next hour, and he was in the Jags locker room after the game, and they were having a good time. They were using their words against them and and just sticking the knife way deep in. Brutal. Val's got news right now. What's going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. We'll see some snow develop during the course of the day today. Generally light, high temperature 28, then occasional snow overnight tonight. And into the day Tuesday, Tuesday scattered snow showers, high temperature 22. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. It's six degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Crews are working to break up more than a dozen barges that got loose in the Ohio River. At one point, more than two dozen were piled up at the Emsworth Locks and Dams area. Uh, Friday's rain and Saturday's snow and freezing temperatures likely the cause of those barges getting loose. They were filled with mostly coal or cement and other non-hazardous materials. A man who claims Elliot Spitzer threatened to stab him at an Upper East Side restaurant once the former New York governor arrested Jamie Antolini is filing a complaint with police over the alleged incident earlier this month. Antolini says Spitzer threatened to stab him in the private parts after hearing him praise the founder of Home Depot, who Spitzer doesn't like. Detectives are investigating if that constitutes a charge of harassment or menacing. Antolini is being represented by the same lawyer who represented a hooker who released a recording of Spitzer threatening her with death. Spitzer resigned in 2008 in a prostitution scandal. Do we really need something that goes in our gut to tell us how farty we are? Well, a group of scientists in Australia just completed the first successful test of a new invention. It's a little electronic pill you swallow (laughs) to monitor the flatulence in your stomach. (laughs) And, Randy, you can watch the flatulence forming in real time on your cell phone. Wow. 
researchers say. Oh my God, Serena would probably love that. <laughs> so that <laughs> so she can have a heads up. <laughs> you get like wow. that Hawaii. This is not a drill. <laughs> right. I like that. Incoming. <laughs> the Hawaii thing. <laughs> Everyone get down in the bunker. That's hilarious. <laughs> Researchers. Like the, like the Hawaii alert. <laughs> All the sirens go off in the living room. <laughs> Dad ate wings and then followed that up with a burrito. Everybody down. Take cover. Hawaiians just start running past your house. <laughs> Researchers say it has practical applications like seeing what foods give you gas, uh, which... Don't you know that without having- I don't having... know specifically. Come on. I really don't. You don't I... know what foods give you gas. Nope. How do you not know that? I mean- I Just because I eat what I eat and then- Everything gives you gas. You can't yeah. pinpoint it to one thing. I never really drilled down. <laughs> I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's subjective, but there are things that will like- Pretty universal. Yeah, I mean, beans, you know, beans and- Sauerkraut, cabbage. Right. Uh, it's still probably a few years away from these pills being ready to hit the market. So until then, you just have to go about it the old-fashioned way and wait till your gut starts to rumble. Get a B-hole gauge. <laughs> Super fun first date. Go get sauerkraut, kielbasa, just sit around drinking beer. Take pills together. Just sit there and then see who... Give each other your phone. score. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got over there? I'm at a nine. I'd actually <laughs> like to see... Serena or any female take one of those pills just so I can see what they're holding in. <laughs> Cuz it just it never it never comes to fruition. One <laughs> movie I saw recently where the door closes and the girl just farts for like 45 <laughs> seconds. It's like, okay, all right, bye-bye. No, you're going to see you. Really see you. <laughs> I think it was on Lady Dynamite on Netflix. Just like a super long fart. Because it, it could be like a backdraft situation. I mean, that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. People not only can change, most of us do. A major study of 50,000 people found your personality does not stay the same throughout your life, but instead changes through the years. The big five personality traits, neuroticism, conscientiousness, openness, extroversion, and agreeableness fluctuate as you get older, meaning you're actually a different person today than you were 10 years ago or maybe even just a year ago. Oh, so yeah. All I mean, change. I hope. I always yes. laugh when you see, run into somebody that you used to hang out with like when you were in kindergarten and they're like, man, you've changed. I'm like, I hope. <laughs> I was five when I knew you. Yeah. Wow, you're a lot different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't need training I'm, wheels anymore. I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. Are skirts for men the next new fashion trend? Nope. Next that's the hot trend at several fashion skirts? shows around the world. Top designers have made different men's skirts, ranging from short, tight skirts to ruffled ankle length skirts. <laughs> <But laughs> ruffled ankle length. What? If you have ever Come looked on, dude. at a fashion runway, you're sure to see a lot of stuff that never makes it to the general public and never catches on. If we're talking kilts, like if it's a... Knee length? Like a cultural, like a like an ethnic thing where you're praising your your heritage i i get that if it's a fashion thing nah dude get out of here you're getting <laughs> clowned i got a man bun and a ruffle ankle length skirt <laughs> no way gonna move to lawrenceville no guy can, i mean you can you, you can't Kill wear my a, old a skirt that would just especially if it was like terry cloth or something like a like a Revealing jersey type material yeah material yeah no 
You need a denim skirt. See the entire outline of your nuggets? A denim skirt. (laughs) Maybe the next person will invent some kind of pouch that really keeps you secure for Mm. wearing with your skirt. Oh, like a jockstrap? Yeah, Yeah. like that. Yeah, except like a skirt strap. Is that where the term strapping young man came from? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime somebody says that, you do have to lift something. When somebody compliments you, well... Something yeah. heavy? Yeah. Pick up a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> can you I can't get the I can pick up this whole pile of skirts. The ruffles are really heavy. <laughs> Moby is claiming CIA agents asked him to help spread the word about the Russians' efforts to get President Trump elected. Over the weekend, the DJ and musician said he had managed to make friends with active and former CIA agents and when having dinner with them last year. They passed on info to him and asked if he could spread it on his social media. In an interview last Friday, Moby talked of the Trump-Russia conspiracy and said that it is quote-unquote really disturbing and is only going to get quite a lot darker. So I, I believe him. I Do really, you? Yeah, because he actually came out with this a long time ago. He did start talking about it before the election. And um, it's not like a Scott Stapp moment where he just thinks no. the FBI is in contact with him. And no, not. he's been talk. He has been talking about this. Uh, what I would say about that is maybe we do need a lot of turnover at the CIA if they think the best way to disseminate information <laughs> is to go through Moby. Find the find the agent that said, you know, I just talked to Moby and fire him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're good. Did you tell Moby? Is he going to tell his fans? <laughs> Tell them to put it in the EDM music, subliminally. Let them know. Sir, proof that Putin has worked with WikiLeaks (laughs) to hack the DNC. Right about now. The funk soul brother right about now. (laughs) You should just do that. Make a Moby (laughs) DJ (laughs) song (laughs) about (laughs) collusion. (laughs) The Allman Brothers Band sons, Devin Allman and Dwayne Betts, are planning a joint 2018 world tour. The sons of Greg Allman and Dickie Betts will kick off the first round Mm. of the tour uh, on dates uh, with a date January 24th in New York City. They'll wrap the 16-stop Tour on July 21st of the Allman Brothers Band founded Peach Music Festival in Scranton. Tickets for the confirmed show are available now via Devin Allman's website. (coughs) Kevin Costner and Olivia Newton-John will headline a benefit concert for victims of the Thomas Fire in California. The event is scheduled to take place February 3rd at Plaza Park in downtown Ventura. Other performers on the bill include Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Colby Calais. Costner will appear with his band Modern West. The Oscar-winning actor had to leave his Summerland home because of that blaze that burned nearly 282,000 acres and destroyed over 1,000 structures. The Thomas Fire, the largest in California state history. Cold with snow, upper 20s today. It's 6 degrees at DVE. Steelers got what they deserved. They lost yesterday. Uh, they will not be facing New England. The highly anticipated rematch, the television ratings juggernaut will not occur. That sucks. A lot of people would have, were probably about to call that the real Super Bowl. Definitely. The best two teams in the league. But ain't happening. Jags are better than the Steelers. They beat them twice. Bad matchup for that team. No reason to believe they wouldn't beat them a third time. Because the Steelers don't learn from their mistakes. They did the exact same thing that they did in week five. They played 
to the strengths of the Jaguars. The offense of the Steelers is so good, they could overcome dumb mistakes. They put up 42 points on a kick-ass defense. They gave up 14. They couldn't convert fourth downs. Controversial calls there. One, supposedly the second one, Ben audibled out of a run and threw it to a covered juju. Do you ever have a covered juju? Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty good. And so this leaves Steeler fans calling for Tom, Todd, Haley's job, not Tom. Tom's safe. Mike Tomlin also on the hot seat. The onside kick, inexcusable. There is no joy in Mudville this morning. It's freezing. It's eight degrees. We all froze our ass off at the stadium yesterday. Yeah, we did. I waited in line to get in the game about 45 minutes in a mass of oversized down jackets all pressed Ski up against pants. one another. Yeah. yeah. And you had to make friends with the person next to you. <laughs> Whether you want to do or Whether, not. Yeah. And you kind of went with the uh, with the tide and hoped you ended up close to one of the entrances eventually because mm-hmm. there was nobody out there telling you what was going on. It was a free-for-all. Oh, it's herding cattle. Well, when, when you have all those layers, going through security like that is always going to take extra time. Yeah, especially if you get bleeped. Like if you set something off. Yes. Oh, how many I layers you were you, talking to like an expletive. No, no, no. How many layers you have to peel off and put right. it back on. And So they... Uh, it seemed like they had less at Gate A than they used to, but I'm they, not they sure. They had added security for sure. There were dogs all over the place. Well, that I'm sure was because of that threat. Yeah, that jag down in Texas who threatened to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy thing. FBI got him. Under the radar. Yeah. Moby found out where he was and <laughs> oh, took care good. of the whole thing. Good. So nothing Thank to worry God about we there. Have Moby on the job. Yeah. Mo- Moby's, I mean, he's Moby. I hope that guy likes Fat Boy Slim because he's going to be listening to that in perpetuity. So it took forever to get in. And the whole time, Val, I was just sitting there thinking, deadliest flu epidemic in a long time. Here we are, just breathing right in each other's face. <laughs> oh, go Steelers. <sighs> and even How if you made you? it through that clean, I spit in your eye. At you did spit in point. my eye. Wow, and hopefully and you don't have the flu cooking in you anywhere. I hope not. hope none of us do. I got my flu shot on Friday. Yeah. Saturday, I was achy all day. I'm like, great. I go get the flu shot. It and was now... it was already simmering in me. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. waste, big waste of a flu shot, but I felt better on Sunday. Good. So. No, I felt a little weird too. Maybe we both fought it off. Maybe. <laughs> our tough immune systems. Our tough immune systems. When we are... when we were on our way in, we're we're sitting there, we're in the same thing. The sardine can just getting Ugh. squeezed, moving sideways. And I hear this guy, I guess this woman behind me had a Shazier jersey on. And this guy, I don't know if he was hitting on her or if he has just been under a rock for the last two months. He goes, so what's going on with Shazier? I'm like, oh, my God. Me and all my friends go, oh, my God. And she goes, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be out there or not. He goes, I mean, what's his deal? And when I turned around, like, he's paralyzed. Yeah. Well, you know what? He better suck it up and get out oh, there. Oh, I know. No. What? You know what? He'll be out there, cuz. I saw he's collaborating with the 412 shop. 
He'll be good. I know a lot oh, of people okay. are saying that kind of stuff, and it's like, dude, are you dude, not paying have, attention? Have you seen any of the reports? It's he can't walk. Yeah, I don't know why there's. Well, I think I do know why there's some uh, misunderstandings there, but yeah. So Ryan Chazier was at the game yesterday. Hopefully, he didn't make him wait. The lady in front of me, we were like packed in like sardines, and she turned around. She goes. It's kind of scary, all these people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not. You know, it's okay. I'm not scared. Meanwhile, I was terrified. Don't freak <laughs> us out, lady. <laughs> Come on, lady. Don't don't freak me out, all right? I'm don't doing put my- things in perspective for me right now. <laughs> she's like, I'm claustrophobic. And I'm oh, like, well, yeah, well, what stop, are you doing just, there? Come on. And she's like, this is why I don't go to games. I, I, I get it. You know why I don't want to go to games? Because the Steelers can't stop <laughs> anybody. <laughs> From running all over them. Uh, yeah. <sighs> weeping. My microphone is weeping. <laughs> Mike has a full report coming uh, up next from the locker room. It's as bad as you you, you thought. I mean, they... They, they had Super so Bowl aspirations. And it ended abruptly. Tortoise in the hair. Where the hair? Where the hair? Bunch of dummies. Bunch of arrogant dummies. That's what we that's what we come off as. David DeCastro is lighting up his teammates. Not by name, but he's like, why in the hell are you giving them bulletin board material? Why are you talking about the Patriots? Why are you disrespecting the team that we have to play? And then they came in and kicked our ass. And he's talking about Mike Mitchell. I'm glad to see sure. somebody pissed off. Yeah. Not that That's the, what you want to the see. measured, under control. No. Sp- like, uh-uh. say you're pissed. Uh, oh, my God. The fan reactions were insane last night. They were swirling around the internet. Did you put fans that one Fans were um, suicidal. This is uh, one that was making the rounds. Steeler fan who had a real tough time accepting the loss. <laughs> You're gonna find me dead! I'm gonna kill myself! Oh, oh no. no. I'm gonna be hanging from the bathroom! <laughs> Don't ask me to do nothing! Dishes, nothing! <laughs> Dishes. <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself! Oh, God. Somebody should go wow. check on that guy. I mean, yeah, definitely say. do the dishes for him. But, you know, stop in. There was no clipper yesterday. No Th- clipper. There were traffic the closings all over the place. Country bypass closed. Oh, my God. The water level was insane. The what That walkway, the North Shore walkway, oh, yeah. I think, was closed also. The what, Remember when we were walking out? The, the water was all the way up to the stairs to the stadium. Yeah. It was brutal. And so if you did battle the elements to get down there... You were hoping to be rewarded. The stunned silence in that. I cannot commented on impress it on upon you enough how creepy it was to, like, if you, like, left your seat after one of those touchdowns. And oh, the, it uh, was quiet. The fumble return for a touchdown? Pin drop. And people were, like, the looks on their faces. Everybody's like, what's happening? What? The, the What's game happening? was the game was unfolding exactly the way it needed to for them to win. 
That's what was happening. We were seeing the our oh, yeah. worst nightmare played out right in front of us. They're really good, and we had to be our best to beat them. We weren't. They kicked our ass. Kicked our ass twice. And then the coaches panicked. Some mm, real, some questionable real questionable calls. Michael have the details when we come back. A quick break. We'll come back here. And uh, good news. Ben's coming back next year. Lev Bell says he's not going to retire. So we get to do this all over again next year. Oh, good. Yay. <sighs> Don't ask me to do the dishes. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I like how that was. He was just getting out of chores. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. I'm not shoveling the walkway. Someone better take the garbage out. You- Everything. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is here with post-game reaction from the Steelers. Loss to the Jaguars in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs yesterday. And uh, right from the get-go, it was clear the Jags were not messing around. No, and I don't know that uh, that should have surprised anybody that's been paying attention. They had a hell of a season. Uh, They came in here and won in October. And uh, if you wanted to write that off as a fluke, that was your option. If you wanted to look at Blake Bortles... In his uh, performance in the playoff opener against Buffalo, when he ran for more yards than he had thrown for, and accept that as representative of who he is, that's your option as well. But this is a guy that's had a 4,000-yard season in the NFL. This is a guy that's had a 35-touchdown pass season in the NFL. This wasn't Deshaun Kaiser. And the Jaguars know who they are and how they win games. They know what they can do. They know what they can't. And the Steelers, uh, you know, in retrospect, now that it's over, their offense appears to be one that is exceptionally talented but kind of is all over the place in terms of how they play, what they do and when. And you really don't have a signature there, do you? Other than, you know, throw it to Antonio Brown and he gets a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns and he's great. But um, one team knew what it wanted One team, both teams knew what they wanted to do yesterday. One team knew how it was going to happen. And to me, that's the the bottom line of uh, Jacksonville 45, Pittsburgh 42. As for all the stuff that was said before the game, and we've talked all season, it goes back to the spring, the Steelers obsessing about the Patriots, and given the history between the two teams, how could they not? Um, When the Jaguars got back home to uh, Sweet Home Flabama last night, (laughs) <laughs> and greeted their fans at Everbank Field. Quarterback Jalen Ramsey grabbed the microphone and said, and I quote, we're going to the Super Bowl and we're going to win that bitch. Eloquent. This is a couple hours after the Jaguars chastised the Steelers for looking past mm-hmm. people and getting ahead of themselves and uh, providing bulletin board material and all. It's- At least we look by a team, like past a team, Mike, that was somebody who hasn't been in the, you know, a team that hasn't been in the playoffs. They haven't been there and done that. You can't look past the Patriots. Nope, he just did. They're going to beat the Patriots and they're going to beat whoever they play in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's different. No, it's not. I think it's, it's argumentative. It's the exact same thing. It's not. I mean, it, you know. It's the exact same thing. Definitively, yes, but, like, you're mischaracterizing it. When you are specific, like, saying, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is not lo- looking past the team. 
when you're talking only about man when we play the Ram- or when we play the uh, the Vikings we're going to you know blah 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 it's it's different we're going to win it all is different than focusing on a team a week later there you got to you got to make that distinction there right no i don't and i and i do not so you think that if, all right th- this is dumb. There's too many other good things to talk if, about. If the Patriots beat Jacksonville, everybody can come back and so get what is your Ramsey's What are you thing? trying to say? That the Steelers... I'm saying that what was said before the game did not decide what happened yesterday. What happened during the That's game. That's not decided. the point. It's, 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 it's a factor. It's, it, it is a sort of symptom, I think, of the arrogance uh, and lack of... Fine line between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. And maybe that's worth debating. Uh a lack th- of focus is what comes through. From, like when you're, when you perform like that and say all that stuff before, that's got, what people point to. Yeah, yeah. But they did it all year, and they were thirteen and three. Maybe this team's just better than they are. They came in here twice and beat them twice. I don't know what else they have to do to earn that that much credit. And maybe that's because. Jacksonville was uh, perceptively underrated going into the game, maybe because we overrated the Steelers all year, because they were 13-3, and because they found ways to pull out games against Indianapolis and Green Bay against uh, a non, a quarterback whose name wasn't Aaron Rodgers and Cincinnati. And push came to shove, and they got pushed, and they got shoved. And everybody can uh, take a hand in it. Yeah, the offense scored... Enough points to win, but the offense also contributed to Jacksonville scoring and, and didn't control the ball and, and didn't protect the defense and keep it off the field. The defense was uh, was amateur hour when it matters. It, it was Swiss cheese. Terrible. Um, it was and, embarrassing. And Mike Tomlin, I think, made a really bad decision after the Steelers scored to pull within seven late, just over two minutes remaining. The onside kick with two timeouts and the two-minute break, or do you kick it deep? And, and play, try to play a field position game and hope you can get a three and out against a team that is probably going to run the ball three times. And he said afterward he didn't think they could stop him, so he tried to get the ball, and they wound up giving Jacksonville a field goal that finally ended it. Uh, a lot going on in the uh, immediate aftermath, and uh, the word out of the Steeler locker room, one of the words out of the Steelers locker room was that uh, given that 13-3 and regular season record and the Super Bowl expectations, this team underachieved. Here's Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you don't win the Super Bowl, you you underachieved, right? Because um, that's always our goal. It wasn't our day. It wasn't our year. Yeah, Ramon Foster uh, seconded that notion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know our goal is to go win the Super Bowl. Uh, underachieved. Um, we didn't make it happen the way we should have, the way we could have. Jacksonville uh, played the way Jacksonville plays. Uh, the Jaguars rushed the ball 35 times for 164 yards. That's 4.7 per carry. They had four rushing touchdowns. And run defense is something that uh, eluded the Steelers ever since Ryan Shazier was injured on December the 4th in Cincinnati, and things gradually degenerated from there. Ben Roethlisberger's numbers were staggering, 37 of 58 for 469, five touchdowns, one interception. But he also uh, gave up a fumble on a sack that was returned 50 yards for a touchdown. The interception was thrown at the Steelers' 18-yard line, which uh, set the Jaguars up for a one-play touchdown drive. Le'Veon Bell averaged 4.2 yards per carry. He only got the ball 16 times. 
It's one more than he got it last time. It's not enough. And Ben threw it three more times than he threw it last time. And that's too many. Um, I think we had this with Peg coming in, guys. You needed to not screw up on offense and play into the hands of their defense. And, yeah, they scored uh, 42 points, seven of which were meaningless at the end. The, The last touchdown came with one second left. How don't they have a play to get a yard? I don't know. Vance McDonald thrown to Vance. Oh, God, he was so prominent. I get that he was open, but I mean, he wasn't open on that play. Threw he wasn't it sideways open on that to him. One. There's a there's a a theory that's been around forever that when you need a yard, you give it to your best back on his best play, whatever that is. Uh, with Le'Veon Bell, that's not toss right. No. Oh my God, what was that? And you know, if you, and if you watch that play, and I'm, God bless David DeCastro for speaking his mind. Uh, he didn't like the way they handled themselves. Um, but that came down from the head coach. Mike Tomlin did it before the Green Bay game with Tony Dungy. That's the way they decided to go. Uh, you know, be be a grown-ass man, speak your mind, back up your words. Ta- what Mike Tomlin said was completely different from somebody speaking about the Patriots the week leading up to this game. Those are two different things. See, I, One you, you is keep, much more egregious. You, uh, I'm just going by what they say. I'm not trying to interpret what they meant. The words are the words. The meaning is the meaning. When Tomlin says, we should win it all, that means they should win it all. When he says, I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room, the Patriots, that's what he's talking about. Right. But in the week leading up to the game, Mike Tomlin wasn't talking about the Patriots. He was talking about the Jaguars. The thing that DeCastro was pissed at he even dis- he made the distinction. He said he wasn't upset about Coach Tomlin's comments. He said because that was before. That was a long time ago. This is in the week leading up to the game. He he specified what pissed him off. I just I don't see the difference. Huge um, difference. And you know, again, God bless DeCastro. He's a great player on the pitch. Right, the fourth down that didn't work. He got knocked back into the backfield and knocked onto the ground. Wasn't why didn't they? Was it because he wasn't focused, right? Why don't they run a QB sneak, Todd Haley? He also said uh, he doesn't know why you guys don't run the quarterback sneak. Ben said that. Ben said that. Maybe we'll have to get it in. <laughs> we don't have anything to do with how well the quarterback runs the quarterback sneak. <laughs> no, I, I, hey, uh, that's all. Uh, again, those are uh, kind of general staff decisions, and. Um, and some staffs choose not to let people earhole their quarterback in the side of the head. Um, other staffs take that uh, risk at times. So, you know, there's risk reward with everything you do. That was from a while back, right? Yeah, it was midseason at some point. I can't remember when. Well, it didn't happen again yesterday. And uh, Ben made a point to say, hey, look, hasn't we, we don't run that. That's just not our arsenal. Not a play we run. Yeah. I'm, I'm not... I don't have a problem with that per se, but you need something, an option other than that if you got something that you think is better. But it should be a go-to option and something that you're confident in and you know you can execute. I don't know how with their offensive line and Le'Veon Bell and fullback Roosevelt Nix, who they think is one of the best in the business, how you don't think you can get. And that was one at one point it was a football. It wasn't a yard. It I was, know. It was the length of the That was ball. the one that we threw. Yeah. Horrible, uh, 
Horrible decisions. Like we were saying uh, earlier, would you rather lose the way the Steelers did or the way the Vikings did? It's third down. Three receivers right, field and left. Same, sorry. Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No. 10. Are you kidding me? Those are gunshots. The Minneapolis miracle. I don't know what he just saw. That was. Incredible. I mean, I know because I saw the video. But if I was listening to that, I have no idea what happened. I hear the quarterback dropping back to pass and two guys screaming. Yeah, they lost their minds. Do you hate everything? I mean, <laughs> pretty much. There, like anything that <laughs> pretty much, you know, yeah. you think like that was that was a pretty amazing play. Yeah, it was insane. And the safety did exactly what he needed to do to make sure that Diggs could score. Yes. He dove into he the other out, defender. Ducked away from him and took out the trail guy. <laughs> all right, let's do a quick break. We had a great Yinzer in the news this past weekend with all the rough weather and the closings. Uh some people got trapped. Uh also Tim Benz uh was in the locker room with the Jags post game. He'll be in 8:15 to talk about that. Steelers got their butts kicked. The season is over. Steelers fans not doing okay, <laughs> losing their mind, understandably. Yeah, it was devastating. And the weather this weekend didn't help matters at all. It was the, the big uh, the big freeze on Friday night, and hopefully you weren't out and about for that. Ice storm. Uh-huh. Well, it was so warm that all the snow melted, and then it started raining, and then it all froze. Yeah. So... That was not a blast. And then it the next day it was uh it was a it was a sideshow. You Road know, closure city. The water levels were so high and there's like ice and debris all over the place. So they uh they closed the tenth street bypass and the bathtub, right? Mm-hmm. I which I don't which one's the tenth street bypass? If you go if you're coming in the Fort Pitt tunnels into town and yeah. you go left, you can either go I think it's, is it Fort Duquesne Boulevard? Yeah. Or that one. Oh, so the one underneath down. is the bypass. Oh, it goes yeah. down okay. and up to the convention center. So that was flooded. And then the bathtub section by the Mon Wharf there, that was flooded. By the way, that's There's an only... engineering flaw, right? I mean, any area that they call a bathtub <sighs> is probably not a great thing for weather <laughs> right next to a river. And that's where we're going to put the bathtub. <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man. I don't know. There probably is an engineering reason for doing it. It's probably like... To help in case of floods or something. Like, yeah, you got to close the road down, but uh, it saves. Pour all the water in the bathtub. Yeah, I don't know. But that made for some tricky driving this weekend, and people were getting stuck there. And so, of course, it brought us another episode. You know what? Yinzer's in the news. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jason Corbin was the guy's name. He got uh, stuck in that stuff. So he drove his truck, it looked like, uh, straight into... <laughs> right into it. Right into the bathtub. And uh, <laughs> he was standing on the on his roof of his truck, uh, and they were looked like they were going to airlift him at one point. I wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, they had a rope around Yeah, him. I'm like, what are they doing? Drop that basket on. <laughs> Let's go get in there. I got to get off his truck. 
I'm hungry. Please drop permanies down. He's <laughs> got any snacks up there. Jason was hilariously hard on himself about this. Hey, we all make mistakes. Yeah, we do, but I should have been a little more intelligent to do something that stupid. <laughs> should have been a little more intelligent. He's just doing the Chris Farley, like, smacking himself in the head. Stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid. <laughs> he did drive his truck. Now, there was another guy in the truck, too. What happened to him? Yeah, I mean, there was a passenger in there. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. I thought it was just him. Wasn't there another guy in there? Or am I wrong about that? There was another vehicle in front of him. Oh. It was a Jeep. Oh, and that that guy, was the second guy. That guy was not as loquacious. He was not uh, jumping no. on the news to give quotes. It was maybe two foot high. I have a truck, so I thought I'll be okay. And then it died out, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> if it was two feet high, why wasn't the road blocked yeah. off? Well, that stuff just floods pretty quickly. They were probably getting it. To happens it happens in a hurry. Yeah. But he's about two feet high. Now, he's ballparking that because, I mean, it's not like he got out with a ruler. Right. Hold on. Let me measure this before I ride into it. But, uh, the guy in front of me stopped, so I stopped, and then the water started rising. The truck shut off. I would like to thank River Rescue for saving me from my own stupidity. <laughs> River, River Rescue. He's so hard on himself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hopefully it's it's not toxic. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point, I'd like Barry. to thank all the people from the Striking Distance movie. I appreciate them <laughs> risking their lives and their everything to help me for my own stupidity for doing this. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I want to thank uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis, <laughs> uh, Dennis Farina. Thank you uh, for your extra efforts there. That was nice. I was a little, little nervous. Yeah, I was, yeah, a little bit, yes. You getting nervous? Nah. Well, I'm a union electrician, so I can deal with adversity. Uh, oh my a union Lord. electrician uh, i love this man so uh, apparently on one of the other channels he was interviewed by he said he was beating himself up again and he was like i gotta stop doing stuff like this <laughs> <laughs> didn't he call himself a dingbat dingbat he goes i'm such a dingbat i have to stop doing stuff like this dude what yeah, else are you doing <laughs> You know how they close the tunnels all the time? Uh, I just drive right yeah. through them. <laughs> I can't stop doing that. I, got to, I, I, I can't resist. Uh, you know how it has those, you know, the runaway truck pull-offs. <laughs> I just can't resist driving in it as fast as I can. I got to stop doing stuff like this. I'm such just a dingbat. I appreciate them risking their lives and their everything to help me for my own stupidity for doing this. <laughs> he was going to meet his wife. He talked to his wife on the cell phone telling her he would be late meeting her at the casino. You took a gamble, so to speak? Uh, yeah, you know what I did? And I lost. <laughs> now I'm stupid, stupid, stupid. I lost the truck. So dumb. I gotta stop doing this stuff like this. It's such a thing. Anyways, River Rescue gave me a ride down a casino. <laughs> Just dropped me off. <laughs> Oh dropped me off at the submarine, and then, you know, we went in and played blackjack all night. Oh, man. Jason Corbin, he is uh, today. You know what? You know Val's got news. <laughs> Jason, you're the best. What do you got? And that water would have been real cold. Oh, yeah. It destroyed docks. I mean, that, that water. 
the ice. He's standing on the roof of his truck. Help! Did you hear? Did you see the clip? Like when I, I retweeted something <laughs> with that guy standing on the top of his truck, he said to the emergency, like the rescue workers, right away. I really need the Steelers to win yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I may be a thing bad, but I, I just gambled away this truck. That's probably what it is too. That's that's a hell of an insurance claim he's mm-hmm. got going there. You have to. What what happened? Yeah, well, I, I drove yeah, does he into have a stupidity coverage. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, that's just it. Uh, he probably has covered for my own stupidity. He probably got a private line right to his insurance agent. He's like, "Hey, it's Jason again." What'd you do this time? I drove into a tub. Jason, you're maxed out. Oh, I got to tell you on your uh, your insurance claims, you've uh, you've hit your your mark. Well, good thing I bet two thousand dollars on a Stillers to win tomorrow. <laughs> I'll take care of all this. Whoa. Um. Also, Tim Ben's coming in here to uh, talk about the post game locker room for the Jags. He was in there with those guys and had uh, got some choice audio from the celebrating Jags who were mocking Mike Mitchell and Lev Bell. Lev Bell tweeted at 9 o'clock last night, hey, I have an argument with my brother. What do you think is the best video game character? No! Too soon! Yeah. Any of the Jaguars defenders. (laughs) The lady in front of me, we were like packed in like sardines, and she turned around. She goes, it's kind of scary, all these people. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not. You know, it's okay. I'm not scared. Meanwhile, I was terrified. Don't freak us out, lady. <laughs> Come on, lady. Don't don't freak me out, all right? I'm Don't doing put my... things in perspective for me right now. She's like, I'm claustrophobic. And I'm oh, like, well, yeah, well, what are you doing just, there? Come on. And she's like, this is why I don't go to games. I, I, I get it. You know why I don't want to go to games? Because the Steelers can't stop <laughs> anybody. <laughs> From running all over them. Uh, yeah. Weeping. My microphone is weeping. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. She kept bringing up scenarios. I mean, all it takes is one crazy person to just start stampeding and we're all going to die. That's the uh, last person you want to be next be to on the way in. I take more than one. The fan that's contemplating her own mortality and the, the wiseness of the entrance. Some big fat a football dude game. was blowing through the whole crowd of people. Just Push right through. He's like, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Ex- sorry. I'm sorry. I have to get my tickets. I'm sorry. And everybody is like incredulous that this guy had the cojones to try and do that. And I'm fairly sure he didn't make it another 50 feet. So I lost sight of him. But then no. all of a sudden, I, there was know, a ruckus. The yeah. Then all of a sudden, happened. it was, <laughs> you know, somebody was like not having it. Like, uh, you're going to have to go out and around. I mean, in retrospect, that was probably a good precursor to going into that game, just getting rabbit punched in the back of the head. Right. That's pretty much what happened to the team. Primed you for the game. Yeah. But I miss John Oates singing the anthem. (sighs) Tiny little freezing Oates out there, and I didn't didn't, even get to be there to support him. You didn't miss much. Did he Oates it up? Where was Hall? I mean, Hall Hall didn't even show up yesterday. They're They're, They're Eagles fans anyways. I mean, you know. Yeah, they're from Philly. They're Philly guys. Yeah, why would they be singing the anthem? Because he was in town at Club Cafe the night before. Tiny Oats? Tiny Oats. So I don't know. We got a lot of good people here. I agree. Me too. I agree. They should have got Jeff Jimerson and used a little uh, Stanley Cup mojo. Well, that would have been great. Then we got Oats. He By the way, left. Oats, you're 0-1. <laughs> he could have let the fans sing half the song. This is on Oats. Oats got rolled. 
Rolled oats. I like oats it. got cut. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> this is John Oates' fault. Val, what do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center <laughs> forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. We'll see some snow develop mm-hmm. during the course of the day today. Generally light, high temperature 28, then occasional snow overnight tonight and into the day Tuesday. Tuesday scattered snow showers, high temperature 22. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 10 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A San Antonio man is under arrest after threatening a mass shooting at the Steelers game yesterday. Hinesfield security officials say they received a threat from 30-year-old Yatana Chuchongal. The threat said the man planned on killing Steelers players and fans before taking his own life. The man was arrested by federal investigators while still in Texas. The Hawaii State employee who mistakenly sent that missile alert over the weekend is... Facing some fallout, the alert went out to cell phones and radio and TV stations early Saturday morning, urging people to seek immediate shelter because of a ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. It ended with, this is not a drill, which they have been doing drills for the last couple of months. 38 minutes passed before a correction was issued, stating there was no missile threat or danger to the state. The FCC says Hawaii did not have reasonable safeguards in place to prevent the false alert. Uh, The person who sent the alert has been reassigned. How many babies were made Saturday night in Hawaii? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of baby making going on. baby making? Just a lot of baby making. Well, someone said, like, oh, I bet people were, like, having sex, like, Hey, we're going out. And I'm like, no way, man. Panic. That's a boner killer. I'm sorry. You do not like that is not a you know, sexy time. Like, well, let's you just freak the it's heck out. Fight or flight. Yeah. People were running. They thought with you know with good reason, there's a crazy person at the lever here. Like on both sides. Yeah. I'm I'm sure guys would probably want to do that, but I think in that scenario, like the only missile a woman is thinking about is the actual missile <laughs> that's headed towards the island. Like, get away from me, you creep! Don't you have a bunker or anything? But then I saw- after that, huge parties, probably, probably yeah. better than any hurricane party oh, you ever yeah. had. The it was a false or, alarm or maybe missile party. Like once people were <laughs> in the bunkers, hey, while we're down here, <laughs> yeah. Now that we're hunker. In the bunker. I saw one woman interviewed. You want to see my junker? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something there. I'm like, I don't have anything. <laughs> one woman on vacation said the hotel staff said, you have 12 minutes. To, till you die? Basically. Can I get a, a, some towels? <laughs> How quick can you get a Sunday up to my room? <laughs> can, I a, can I get a uh, margarita before I go? Uh, and the real problem with that is, of course, well, there are many. Uh, one, so nobody many. from like the Pentagon or the White House made a statement for a long ass time. Second of all, if North Korea sees that, they think, oh, well, they're head faking us right now into a nuclear war. They're going to use that as an excuse to launch an attack on us right now. And we know we're not attacking them, but their people don't know that we're not attacking them. So they're going to counterattack, even though we never attacked in the first place. We better attack! So wait, but what happens when they when it's like the, the boy who alerted Wolf? No, yeah, for, yeah no, no, for, for real, this is it. No, no joke this time, guys. I know last time there was a thing, and we I didn't wouldn't want to know. that up, you know. Really? If it's a nuclear missile coming your way, I guess you you don't know, but... 
I mean, it would probably save me from, like, cutting the grass. Like, well, there's no need to do any chores anymore. (laughs) There were a couple of articles in yesterday's Post-Gazette about people who have bunkers and those companies that build them are seeing an increase in business. Oh, yeah. Bug out bags are big. Yeah. And how, like, what the fallout area is and... Do we have fallout areas here? Well, no, it's if, if like, wherever ground zero is, yeah. how far out the fallout oh, carries. Yeah. Yes. Collateral damage. Oh, yeah. We would, uh, I think we're a pretty Blast direct hit if something happens, right? No, I think from what I remember the from the article, if it hit DC, I think we would potentially be okay. And they're not aiming for Pittsburgh. There's no more steel here. Yeah, probably not. What about Google and the Uber and the whatnot? Well, what about <laughs> they're gonna bomb Uber? What about what Foxborough? Can they, <laughs> oh, dude? Oh, uh, the real disaster happened on Heinz Field yesterday. Well, speaking of that, while we're all quite upset about the Steelers' loss, imagine being a Browns fan. Which I guess that's kind of what yesterday felt like. Uh, The winless season caused for great shame and ridicule, but some good stuff came out of it. That perfect season parade they had uh, raised some money for charity. Thousands of Browns fans turning up to celebrate or I don't know. It wasn't really a celebration, but they donated over $17,000, which will be given to the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. That donation will end up providing over 70,000 meals to those in need. Yeah, that was an underreported aspect of the parade. Like We were all just like, look at all these losers getting together to celebrate losing. Like, oh, they're raising a lot of money for a good cause. Okay, well. Footnote. What uh, What are the six most common drunken behaviors bartenders say they frequently see? We mm. probably saw a lot of this yesterday. 70- it was, I have to say it was pretty tame in the bar. I Before felt like it was. Or Didn't after? you think? Yeah. It was pretty chill. I thought so. People were stunned. People, after. yeah. 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 And they were like, I'm not spending any more money. <laughs> I'm a nurse's <laughs> drink. These drinks are expensive. They're much cheaper outside. We're getting rolled. Let's get out of here. 74% of bartenders said they've seen someone spill or break a glass. I'm surprised that's not 100%. <laughs> right. 72% say they've seen somebody just flat out fall over because they were so drunk. 72% say drunken arguments. Again, surprise, that's not 100% of bartenders who have seen that. 61% said puking somewhere in the bar. You used to do that oh, at Penn yeah. State. Throw, <laughs> throw up in a pitcher. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I did that. I was drinking at uh, Club Laga one time. You remember that place in oh, Oakland yeah. on the third floor? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up because my buddy gave me like this shot called Gates of Hell where it was just all these different liquors mixed. And I was like... Oh God! And I started looking around, and I went. I found a stairwell, and I walked down in the bar. I don't know what bar is beneath that that club, but they were closed. And I, some guy was like, "Hey, man, we're not open." I was just like, <laughs> and just threw up down the steps and turned around and ran back up. Oh, well, then I got off easy when you just spit in my face yesterday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Consider yourself fortunate. Only sixty-one percent report seeing fist fights. And 48% have seen people pass out in the bar. Oh, yeah. God, I've seen all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen one person do all of those things. (laughs) Do you like to talk about food? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Do you like to talk about money? No. Do you like to talk about sex? 
baby. <laughs> what did you say, baby or maybe? Baby. We, we're doing the... Oh, yeah. Let's talk about sex. Right. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Uh, well, if you do, you're a psychopath. Eh, well, there you go. Researchers yeah. think that only about one in a hundred people are true psychopaths, but to know for sure, you'd have to scan their brain and have a trained professional take a look. But a study at Cornell a few years ago found there are three topics they love to talk about. If someone seems fixated on their physical needs like food and money and sex, they might be a psycho, especially if they don't seem very compassionate or considerate in general. Uh, the authors of the study talked to a bunch of violent psychopaths about crimes they committed. A lot of them included details about what they ate that day mm. while they were telling the story. Mm. Psychopaths are much less likely to focus on social needs, which include topics like family, religion, and spirituality. So uh, those may be signs somebody is not a psycho. Are psychopaths happy? Well, they might be. I bet psychopaths are very happy. They have a they, high degree of they, self-satisfaction and... Do they care about happiness? Is yeah. happiness something that they strive for or think about? Let's ask Tim Benz. Tim, you're a psychopath. <laughs> Are you a happy guy? Well, I was happy until they decided to go for the onside kick. Then I became very unhappy for a very long time. Now, it must take a psychopath to call that. I was going to start <laughs> by asking you what was the worst move Tomlin made yesterday, and I'm assuming you just answered it for me. See, psychopaths think alike. <laughs> Takes one to know one. See you at the uh, meetings. No, you know what? The, the, the call I hated the worst was the pitch wide on fourth and one. Oh, I was earlier yeah, in the that game, but bad. I just that whenever I see teams do that, it drives me insane. I never know why you go that far back to go so few feet forward. And I heard you guys talking about the lack of a, uh, a call in the playbook for a quarterback sneak, which just baffles me. Um, well, yeah, I mean, earlier in the year, Todd Haley said he didn't want Ben to, you know, catch one in the ear hole there, free shot on your quarterback. So they looked at it as, uh, you know, protecting Ben as he is uh, now, you know, in the latter stages of his career, though he said yesterday he's going to come back for his 15th season. TB12 did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do. we're talking maybe you don't make it part of your regular approach in week six against the Broncos, but... If you need one yard against the Jaguars in the playoffs, do it. And it's not like it's complicated. You don't need to work on it all that much. Get up there, see where you think you find a slot, and fall forward and have your six foot five frame go across the yard marker. Right. Uh, do you think, you know, Steeler fans want blood. Do you think there's any legitimate chance that a job could be lost? Yeah, I think that some of the position coaches' jobs could be lost, particularly on defense. I don't know if Joey Porter and Carnell Lake should be feeling entirely wow. secure. No kidding, um, right? Man. Yeah, I, I would also mention that Todd Haley not having a contract and Ben Roethlisberger so readily declaring that he is coming back uh, might mm. suggest that he's going to have an, a say as to who the new coordinator is. And we've had how many years now of these two having a regular public rub with one another uh, I would not be stunned at all. Hey, Bruce Arians doesn't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I think that ship may have sailed, but Randy Feetner getting promoted to offensive coordinator, I think that's a distinct possibility. Um, they, they just weren't ready to play them again. How did they not learn from the last time they played them? They didn't run the ball as much. Ben threw the ball 55 times. I mean, yeah, they were so well, they had they had to at the end to catch up, but they were scared at times to run the football, and they didn't run the football in the first drive, which surprised me because well, I shouldn't be surprised by this anymore. 
uh, let's surprise them by not doing what they think we aren't going to do. You know, let's throw because they think this time mm-hmm. we're going to run. Right. Like they did in week five. They, you got a crappy run defense, but a great pass defense. So uh, we'll show you the left and give you the right, and we'll pass anyway. And, and look how that turned out in the first game. Uh, and I don't know if the defense just wasn't ready to play, Randy. I just don't think it's any good. Um, you know, a lot of people. I think they. Out. I think they were affected by the cold more than the Jags were. Yeah, maybe I, I could buy that. It looked like they were stuck in mud while the Jaguars were ready to roll, and you know they couldn't tackle. Um, they couldn't cover, and that's not that's not a very hard team to cover. It never has been, and they couldn't close down the passing lanes to get to Blake Bortles' throws, which a lot of teams have been able to do. Ugh. Burns did it a couple times, but not enough. Virtually no pressure. I mean, they sacked him exactly zero times. Benz, and I mean that—that that to me it w- was what stood out, maybe above anything else, the fact that they didn't make it tough on him at all. Yeah, you know what, Bill, I'm with you there. I, I thought maybe not just the sacks, but forcing turnovers on defense. I thought that would be one major wild card in this game from the last game. Like you know, we all knew Ben Roethlisberger, even if he didn't have a great day, was not going to turn it over five times again. Um, we all knew that Leonard Fournette, even if he had a good day, probably wasn't going to run for 180 again. Mm-hmm. And we all knew that Lev Bell was going to run for more than 40 yards this time. Well, all of that happened, but it still wasn't enough. And I think part of the reason why it wasn't enough is one thing that didn't happen against the defense only got one turnover last time, no turnovers this time, and no sacks. Um, you know, I thought that we would see more pressure, and I thought that we'd at least see a forced turnover or two in a crucial situation that would have helped them. And the closest thing we got was that blocked punt which turned into one of the most frustrating drives of the game. Oh, there were there were many. Um, Tim Ben's with us right now. Your sister was in Hawaii. Yeah, my sister lives in Hawaii. Oh, dude, no oh, way. Man. I mean, did yeah, she did she I call didn't you? Even know about that until I was on the air at Stage AE. <laughs> this shows you how close my sister and I are. I guess Adam Crowley told me about it. He's like, "Hey, how about this ballistic missile that was heading towards Hawaii?" I was like, "What?" So we looked into it, and I, during the uh, commercial break, I texted her. I said, well, what's this about a false alarm? And she sent me her screenshot back, you know, the actual screenshot that yeah. was sent out, the, the alert. And it came back, and it said exa- you know, exactly what Val was talking about. And a ballistic missile is on its way to Hawaii. Uh, please take cover, dot, dot, dot. This is not a drill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's that, yeah, terrifying. And then the next thing, the next thing on her phone or her screenshot, twelve minutes later, was a, an alert from like the Hawaii News Network saying, "Oh yeah, false alarm. Don't worry about it. All is well. Go back to your pineapples." So, for all you people who committed suicide because you were afraid to uh, die by the bomb, our apologies. Yeah, uh, Tim, you, you know, got to do something to get in better graces with your sister. I mean, if you're not even on the call <laughs> list when she's about right. to die, send her yes. some flowers or something. I don't know, but. No, you don't send somebody who lives in Hawaii flowers. That's like bringing sand to the beach, right? Send her some sand. I checked with my parents. I said, did you guys get a call? They said, nope. I said, all right. I guess her son who goes to Georgia Tech is the only one who received the phone call about, sorry, mommy's going to be disappearing for a while thanks to fiery hell death from above. No, but, you know. you got to do something to fix that. You got to get higher on the, on, the, on the pecking order there, man. I got to remember the birthday card next year, I guess, huh? So does this change... The Pittsburgh Steelers for 2018. Are they going to be humble? Are they going to be less of a train wreck week to week? Or is that the identity of the Mike Tomlin era? Yeah, I don't know if they could be more of a train wreck. They could definitely try to be less of one. I thought DeCastro's quotes were interesting insofar as he's pissed. Obviously, yeah, he's mad. 
Uh, there's obviously some people in that locker room that are sick of it, right? You can just tell that by the quotes. What are we doing talking about the Patriots in advance of the game? And I, I know that uh, Mike Mitchell said that on the 29th, and Tomlin said what he said in November, but I think when I was in that Jacksonville locker room and I got the impression what sent them over the top, the guy they were yapping the most about, even beyond Mitchell, was Lev Bell. They really got ticked about that tweet where Bell said, you know, this is the first of two rematches we're going to have or something to that effect. It was, uh, I like round twos. I love round twos. We'll have two in back-to-back weeks. Yes, right. So when he said that, that's what threw the Jacksonville Jaguars over the top. Like, that's the one that they kept referencing. You know, when you walk in the locker room, the first thing you hear is, all right, Le'Veon, go ahead and retire. You know, it's obviously top of mind. You know, I, I don't know if the Steelers played worse because they were thinking about the Patriots because, like Mike said in the last hour, they thought about the Patriots all year. They're 13-3. and three. But I know this. The Jaguars were carrying that with them on that field yesterday. And this is one of these convenient things where we say, oh, it had nothing to do with the victory of the other team when it's your team that lost. But here it is, 2018, and we all have pretty easy memories of Lethon Flowers in the locker room in Tampa screaming about paper champions. You know, we love to talk about that stuff when our team is motivated by it, but we, you know, we tend to dismiss it if it doesn't have anything to do with a win and has something to do with a loss and the other club beat you. So I thought, I don't know if the Steelers overlooked them, but I know the Jags were motivated by it, and I do hope the Steelers uh, dial it back next year because, uh, man, it was. It was chaos trying to cover this team this year, and uh, I don't know if it got in the way at the end or not, but uh, I think the Jags were motivated by some of the stuff they said. Tim Benz, part of the Pittsburgh Steelers Radio Network, and uh, appreciate your time, as always, man. Thanks for all the uh, checking in with us this year, man. Good stuff. You bet. Yeah, thanks for having me every Monday. It's been fun. Thanks, guys. Okay, man. We'll see you. Tim Benz. And um, glad his sister's all right in Hawaii. Yeah. The Steelers should have sent out a, a warning to all their fans, like the bomb warning. Warning! A very emotionally upsetting afternoon is about to unfold. This is not a drill. (laughs) Not a drill. We are incapable of stopping Leonard Fournette. Buckle up. (laughs) Mike's got the post game for you when we come back. Steelers blew it. That's it, really. Yeah, it's really it, right? They need to do the sports. Blew it. They got beat. I mean, you can't go down. They got beat. They got their ass beat. Yes. Handed to them on a platter. When you hand somebody their ass, I've got a lot of questions. How did that ever become a thing where you're like, I don't know. (laughs) That's the phrase for you just got beat. Their ass is handed to them on a platter. What? Hmm? Why would somebody, after taking the ass, put it on a platter and give it back to them? Yeah. And then what do you, you better, you got to wash that platter. Uh, Throw it out. Yeah, that platter, you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, there. that's one big platter they got the yesterday. Hey, here's some nice turkey. I had some ass on here yeah. last week, but I washed it. Well, it wasn't turkey ass. Yeah, Jag served them a big platter of ass yesterday. <laughs> DVE Sports. Mike Pesuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. After Jaguars 45, Steelers 42, both teams filed off into their respective locker rooms. The Steelers have a tunnel behind their bench. And they walk up some stairs and go into their locker room, and I watch them parade in one by one, and nobody said a word. Down the end of the hall, you hang a right, and the bowels of Heinz Field, and the visitors' locker room is in the middle of a long hallway. They enter the field through the end zone and exit through the end zone, and then have to loop back around 
And while watching the Steelers file off silently, you could hear the Jacksonville players screaming and hooting and hollering and calling out Mike Mitchell and Le'Veon Bell and uh, just uh, generally enjoying the moment and uh, reveling in uh, their victory and their advancing to the AFC Championship game. Uh, Tim Benz was kind enough to send me his audio from the Jacksonville locker room yesterday. And, uh, boy, you're going to love this, Steeler Nation. Uh, when you lose, you say nothing, and when you win, you get to talk all the smack you want. Here's uh, Calais Campbell with a little help from Marcel Darius. Well, you know, uh, I mean, we knew they were great. They're a great team. You know, they're a really good team. You know, and and they're, and they're very deserving to be here right now. But so are we. You know, and. It, <laughs> You know, hey, hey, you know, and, and, and you can tell though, these guys, you know, take it very personal, you know, because we got called out, you know, and, and anytime you call a guy out, you know, I mean, you, you, you expect to fight, you know, it's going to be a fight regardless because, you know, this is what we, we feel like we belong here. We worked hard to be here in this moment and we feel like nobody worked harder than us, you know, so we feel like we're deserving. Did that guy drink like seven Red Bulls? <laughs> you couldn't quite uh, grasp. He was what... very excited. Uh, Darius yelling in the background, stop saying they're a great team. They got their ass whooped, which they did. It's a fair uh, assessment. Another guy who saw it that way was uh, Penn Hill's own Barry Church. I mean, that's what happens when you talk stuff, man. I mean, you got players on their team talking about the Patriots like they was just about to obliterate us. I mean, it don't make no sense. I mean, you don't you don't come at you come at us like that with that disrespect. And they did. And they just fed us fuel that we needed to go out there and dominate. And, yeah, they got a couple yards. We was in prevent. But other than that, man, they like I said, they ain't have nothing for us. And I'm glad we sent them home. I want to talk this week about why it would be different in game two from game one. What made you guys as confident as you were that it would be the same? Because we did it the first time. I mean, we already knew we had, we had this team's number. And then um, all we did was feed on the fuel that everybody was providing. The media, everybody was just talking about how oh, they're going to run through it. It's not going to be like last week. Uh, Blake Bortles this, Blake Bortles that. And All he did was dominate their defense and all we did was do what we do every week and that's play ball and create turn, takeaways and score. And that's all we did and we dominated. I mean, we're going to the next round. I mean, we need the notes that the Steelers had on, on the Patriots because so, we need that because they were doing all that advanced scouting. So we need all that uh, all the notes they got for, uh, for Patriots. But other than that, it's down the road. New England, baby. Oh, that hurts. That's you know you can say oh. that when you win. Now when he says they dominated, we need those notes. They gave up 545 yards. All right, and that game, if they were playing prevent when it was uh, 35 to 28 with nine minutes and five seconds left, and that's the only reason the Steelers were getting yards, then they might want to rethink the way they go about their business. But you can say what you want when you win, and they won twice. Ben is the first quarterback to throw five touchdowns in a postseason game and lose. And lose. So he's got that going for him. He made history. You could almost call it a sixth if you include the lateral. But that doesn't go down as a pass. But as a hell of a play he made. I mean, he was what, what awesome. A, Amazing. At his improvisational best. Both of those guys, him and uh, Le'Veon Bell there. Uh, made me spit in Randy's eye. It did. Malik Jackson, another uh, one of those Jacksonville Jaguars that uh, had a lot of fun at the Steelers' expense. They really said the whole week until last night. Lady on Bill tweeted something after the piss, after the patch one about how they're going to be in pat, uh, Boston again. So I guess they're going to be in Boston in the stands watching us because they're going to be in Boston. And so I hope we can, they can support us and we'll give them Jags. We'll send them Jags jerseys so they can support us. This late in the season, you don't need motivation, but sometimes you need a little bit of motivation, a little bit of extra kick. And uh, for a team to go out there and talk like we didn't smack them in the mouth the first time in week five. 
you know, it, it meant a lot to us and it disrespected us because we went out there, we gave them our best, and we gave them our best product, and they didn't, and they they received the ass kicking and didn't feel like they got their ass kicked, so we came and did it again. And now they're going to sit there, have a long off season, and worry about how the Jags kick their ass. Wow. And I think in in the midst of all wow. that, that was awesome. ranting and raving, I think he hits on the the gist of the thing. To me, it wasn't Mitchell talking about. We'll beat him in Haiti. We'll beat him in hell. We'll beat him in New England. We're going to win. It wasn't Le'Veon Bell tweeting about round twos. We heard last week, and I talked about this last week. Yeah, you did. From Keith Butler, Cam Hayward, and Mike Mitchell, all with words to the effect of, ah, those 231 rushing yards that we allowed the first time. It was a couple, three runs. It 90 was, on the one 90 play. yarder at the end didn't matter. And it's not like they dominated us. Yes, they did. And they explained away the ass whooping the first time, which set them yes. up for the second and ass they whooping. Did it again. Thirty-five carries, one hundred and sixty-four yards, four point seven per attempt, four rushing touchdowns. Steelers gave up 14, 14 rushing touchdowns all season, but a bunch of them, about half of them, came after Ryan Shazier got hurt. They didn't really stop anybody running the ball after Ryan Shazier got hurt. So what they got to figure out on defense is how to set it up so one guy, the removal of one guy does not lead to the whole thing crashing down. And Ryan Shazier is a great player. And, you know, you don't just find another Ryan Shazier and put him in and say next man up. But uh, they had they had no plan B, and they tried a bunch of different stuff. They tried a bunch of different stuff yesterday. Some package stuff. Sometimes LJ Fort was in. Sometimes TJ Watt was out. Sometimes Bud Dupree was out. They ended up putting Vince Williams in late. Uh, you know, they were grasping at straws uh, to try to fix the Shazier thing, and they just never did. They just never did. Yeah, to me, aside from all the trash talk and bulletin board material, they just didn't have the horses on defense. Yeah. Now, they had, they had a couple of bad run games when Shazier was still healthy and playing. They gave up over 200 yards rushing in Chicago. They gave up over 200 in Jacksonville. But all the other games, they were very good against the run. And football is still a game that, at its base, if if one team is running the ball, that team is dictating what's going to happen. Imposing their will. And the, you know, the passing's great, and the, the spectacular plays that the Steelers are able to make, you know, it's 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 tremendous stuff, and it keeps you in games. And it, it got them back in a game yesterday. They were down, what, 21 nothing, 28-7? And with two minutes and change left, it was still in doubt. But uh, Jacksonville was the more physical team. Jacksonville ran the ball better. Jacksonville won the game. Uh, yeah. That's what happened the first time, and that's what happened this time. And uh, when you got an all-pro running back, you ought to be able to run the ball either more or more consistently than the Steelers do. Probably both. Should be able to get a yard, too. Just, just one yard. Want to be at, at those times. Yeah, no problem going for it. Uh, you got to convert those. Sometimes, uh, you, you know, it's hard to it's hard to put a whole lot on the offense when they score forty two. But it was that kind of game. And Chuck Noll used to have a saying: um, "You don't do your fair share; you do what you can." Because there really is no fair share. It's, you know. The defense was really having problems yesterday, and the offense needed to overcome that, and it didn't. This is going to make the pep rally Thursday night really awkward. <laughs> Still going to go through with it? Yeah. All right. Dot com. DV Morning Show, your home of the Steelers. 
102.5 DVE, and that's it. That's a wrap on the 2018 season after losing to Jacksonville yesterday. In that's a boss rooting. Heel to the Bulls. Yeah. To the Bulls? Without a doubt. Put the jerseys in storage. Fournette owned them. Owned them. The remarkable oh, thing yeah, was year? every Steelers touchdown was like glorious. Sports Center top 10. Bombs. First and 10 at the Jags 23. Ben stays shotgun wide side to his right. Chris Hubbard playing right tackle in place of Marcus Gilbert. Shotgun snap. Ben steps up in the pocket. Fires for the end zone, and that pass will be... Touchdown in the end zone! An unbelievable play by Antonio Brown! Wow! He was tightly covered by Bouye, but guess what? 84 came up with the ball. One-handed. Bouye had his hands all over A.B. the whole way down the field. Then A.B. has that ridiculous catch, and Bouye's first reaction is to get up and and appeal to the official yeah. like like Call for push off offensive pass interference how about this pass to martavis here comes ben back he's gonna throw it long down the field in the end zone Got it's it. caught martavis bryant from 36 yards out catches it over the shoulder with a step on to sean gibson and wow what a big touchdown on a fourth down play. Fourth, really? Fourth I'm and 11. sure glad Martavis got back on the field. Fourth and 11. That was insane. How about AB's second touchdown? Remarkable. He gets the playoff in time. Three-man rush. He steps forward. Throws it on the run. Down the field, the pass. Got it. He's caught for the touchdown by Antonio Brown. A marker down on the play. Let's see why. Oh, man, the way Ben got out of that. But Ben was almost sacked, and you had A.B. working against uh, A.J. Bouye. The officials huddle up, and here comes Brad Allen. Pass interference, defense number 21. The penalty is declined. The result of the play is a touchdown. Yeah. I hope Bouye wasn't talking any smack after the game. A.B. owned him. Then that great love touchdown that made you spit on me. <laughs> ben gets the shotgun snap. He pumps. He runs. And he throws a lateral pass. And that's Le'Veon Bell. Touchdown. And he gets into the end zone for the Steelers' touchdown. What a play by Ben Roethlisberger. The Red Sea parted. He started running and said, well, I don't think I can make the end zone. Here, Le'Veon, I'll throw a lateral pass to you and you do it. And then you think, well, all right, now all we have to do is kick off and then hold them. And then we're in position to tie the game. And then Mike Tomlin onside kick. A squib kick that didn't go far enough. Never bounced. Ugh. A penalty. Field goal. And that's it. 45-yard field goal in frigid uh, conditions. Josh Lambeau with a big boot there. That was huge. 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 Uh, and then Lev Bell with one final one. Juju. What? Juju got the last one. Yeah. When time ran out. I thought Lev Bell caught a second one. On Fourth the and goal at the four. Four seconds left. But. The Jags move forth, and the Steelers' season ends. Touchdown. Yeah, there's a touchdown pass into the hands of Juju Smith-Schuster. This score is going to look a lot better than the game was played. What was the one where Lev yeah, Bell caught it? Yeah, he did in the right one-handed. side. Yeah. Yeah. On uh, Colvin, the, the That was the first touchdown, I think. Uh, that was incredible. Yeah, I don't know why that's not on here. All I know is this guy pretty much spoke for 
Every, well, oh, well, his anger did. His words, maybe a little. No, he went to a dark place. <laughs> right there, I'm with him. You're going to find me dead! I'm going to kill myself! Whoa. I'm going to be hanging from the bathroom! <laughs> Don't ask me to do nothing! This is nothing! I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> he took that to a very dark place. I, I I have a feeling that's his go-to. Thank God he lightened the mood right by to just 60. trying to. He goes right to I'm gonna kill myself. Zero to and 60 then uses that second. to leverage getting out of chores. Todd, we need you to walk the. Do- I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Just don't ask me to walk the dog. <laughs> Take out the trash. Uh, that, that final call of the game from Bill Untouched, it felt like they wanted oh. to say, yeah, who effing cares? Like it effing matters. Right. Oh, there's a touchdown. Oh, there's that one for Juju matter. that means absolutely nothing. nothing. at all. Hopefully he'll play hide and go seek. Yeah. Let's see what he does here. Oh. That's fun. He appears to be packing. Hide for the rest of the season and go seek some better players on defense. Also, the Pirates traded away Garrett Cole for a bag of socks. <laughs> Oh, that. What kind of socks? Knee highs? Party socks? What an embarrassment. What an awful Pittsburgh sports weekend. Not, not a great weekend. Penguins won. The only thing hey. that would be worse is if you were the dude who drove into the bathtub. <laughs> That's the only thing that would be worse. I appreciate them risking their lives and their everything to help me for my own stupidity for doing this. <laughs> Stan Savern in next. Power Hour with Stan, Jerry Dulac. Steelers blew it. That's it, really. Yeah, it's really it, no right? need to do the sports. Blew it. They got beat. I mean, you can't yeah, go they blew down. It. They got beat. They got their ass beat. Yes. Handed to them on the platter. When you hand somebody their ass, I've got a lot yes. of questions. How did that ever become a thing where you're like, I don't know. That's the phrase for you just got beat. They ate their asses handed to them on a platter. What? Hmm? Why would somebody, after taking the ass, put it on a platter and give it back to them? Yeah. And then what do you, you better, you got to wash that platter. Uh, throw it out. Yeah, that platter, you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, there. that's one big platter they got the yesterday. Platter. Hey, here's some nice turkey. I had some ass on here yeah. last week, but I washed it. Well, it wasn't turkey ass. Yeah. Jag served them a big platter of ass yesterday. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. <laughs> big platter of ass. <laughs> Can I get you guys anything? Yeah, we'll start with a big platter of ass for well, the table. Sure for the table. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. Steaming. Yeah, bringing out like those if- uh, fajitas at <laughs> Applebee's. Maybe Make you sure felt bad about sizzling. Ta- by taking the ass, so you think putting it on a platter is like a nice way to give it back. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Here's your ass back. Adorned. Steelers Adorned. lost Adorned. theirs yesterday. Stan Savern joining us on the show right now. And Stan, will any heads roll? I suspect that there's a possibility uh, of that happening. Uh, I'm sure they'll take some time to evaluate. No knee-jerk firings. No, it's nothing's no. going to happen this morning, and yeah. I, I mean I doubt that very seriously. That's generally not the way he operates. But um, 
you know, first of all, for those calling for Tom to be fired, it's not going to happen. So let's 13 not, wins. Let's not waste our breath and whatever. But um, they're not in it for 13 wins. They're in it for the three wins in the postseason. Uh, and again, uh, this is, ends up disappointingly. Last year did too, but explainable. Um, this is inexplicable. Uh, I was liking it. That I was thinking it when it was obvious what was going to transpire, and it's rather ironic. This, to me, is the second most stunning playoff. Stunning is the word I'm using. Oh, the crowd was stunned. No question. Early, you know, with the early on the first half, right, right away. Um, and that was. It's ironic because today is the anniversary of them losing to San Diego in the 94 Stan AFC Humphreys. Championship game. The, the circumstances were similar in that San Diego came in here, <clears throat> you know, to roll over. Um, uh, they were nine and a half, ten-point underdogs. You know, they really weren't a very good team and proved in the Super Bowl when they went, went on to play the 49ers and lost 500-2. to two. <laughs> um, And it was, it was stunning. And, and I... And today's the anniversary of that, 1995, of that loss to the Chargers. Uh, I maintain, not to dwell on it, that's the quietest I've ever heard a Pittsburgh football crowd. Uh, you could you could hear the Chargers screaming, you know, with 60,000 people at Three Rivers. Um, uh, yesterday was, was inexplicable. Uh, there are so many things to talk about. Uh, will there be coaching changes? Uh, I suspect this time there may be. Uh, but I've also believed while coaching has to be examined, not only in terms of some of the individual decisions that were made, but also the team's readiness to play uh, and that sort of thing. And, yes, comments made before the game. I think players get off much too easily. And that's not to say that coaches don't deserve blame, but it always seems like, well, are coaches are there going to be any moves in the staff? How about some moves among personnel? Uh, the fact of the matter is that they are a better team than Jacksonville. It's a bad matchup for them for whatever reason. But I'm looking at a defensive line and really the front seven overall. Pardon my French, they got their asses kicked. There's no other way to describe it. They had one negative play the entire game, and that was on a fumbled snap. They did not create one one-yard loss of any kind. Right. They had no turnovers. They had no sacks. They exerted no pressure uh, on the guy. Again, they couldn't stop the run. And by the way, that's been a recurring theme with them really all year long. And if you look at the last six or seven games, depending on where you, you want to start, look at the amounts of points that defense gave up. Maybe you want to wipe out the Cleveland game because it didn't mean anything and so on and so forth. Um, but there are issues. They got punished Stan. by Jacksonville physically. And just Chuck Knoll once said, using a uh, uh, Chuck Knollism, he said, with all the schemes and so on and so forth, football really comes down to one basic principle. I've got to knock you on your ass before you knock me on mine. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, that's where it begins and ends. So with Mike Tomlin saying they should win it all, Mitchell making his comments about New England. Lev Bell tweeting about New England. Roethlisberger said he wanted to play Jacksonville. Um, how much of what we saw yesterday was a result of the Steelers being victims of their own arrogance? 
Because I don't think it's as much as everybody wants to say it is. Well, here's I look at it two different ways. I think ways. it's an annoying aspect of it. Yeah. But I'm not sure that it had any real, you know, a, a big impact on their play. Well, that's why I brought the San Diego game because the, you know they they you know they they blamed where well, they were planning a Super Bowl video, um, and they were cocky. Well, in that game, the Steelers were up thirteen to three. What they only got cocky and arrogant when it was thirteen to three, and they said, "Oh, good, we get to make our video now." Uh, but I've also learned in doing this for <clears throat> two hundred years now. <clears throat> that what we think is foolish and silly and shouldn't make a difference and doesn't make a difference, in the minds of athletes, it does. Oh, well, they were inspired by it. There's no, you know, uh, but, I have to contradict myself because they actually were, they said they were super inspired by it. That That's fine. But my point is, that, that I'm not doubting that they were. But when the Steelers come back and say, oh, they were mad. Ooh, they were mad. Well, then get madder than they are. That's your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Rise to the challenge. You know, don't tell me about bulletin board material. Then you equal that by elevating your level of play. What do you, you know, what do you do? Oh, they're mad. We're afraid, Bluto. Uh, what do you do with that? Well, you get as mad or madder than they are. That's your responsibility. Uh-huh. The defense was terrible. Offense still put up 42 points. But they also gave him 14. Well, they, uh, I don't want to say they gave him 14. They gave him seven for sure and then set them up for another touchdown because the defense could not stop them. It took one play after that interception. Well, here's another key stat, and that is that with all that you've mentioned, except for the strip sack fumble or touchdown, Jacksonville was five for five in the red zone. If the defense forces one field goal, and that touchdown at the end was garbage. I don't think you can say, oh, they would have won. No, I'm, because that, you know, if the game was still on the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it would have been that easy to score with one right. second to go. But five for five in the red zone, third down conversions, eight for 14. The Steelers weren't bad at seven to 14, but we get down to the two fourth down plays. And it's, it's not just there were awful play calls, quarterback sneaks, you know, where is that? Uh, but it's when you did it. One of the fourth, and th- th- these were not fourth, it says fourth and one. It was fourth and less than a foot on both occasions. And if you've got size 13 feet, think, look at your shoes right now <laughs> and say that's as far as they had to go. But one of them came after a block punt, which led to a 15-yard punt and gave him the ball at the 38-yard line. It's not only how many conversions you have, it's when you do that. You could sense Jacksonville was beginning to say, ooh, we forgot, Uh we're the Jaguars and they're the Steelers. And if you cap, I honestly felt that if they pulled into a tie, the Steelers, they would win the game. That one, again, both fourth and ones were bad, but that one in particular, coming off what could have been an emotional swing after a partially blocked punt by Golden, and they they failed miserably to do that, and it, so they they were four for six, I believe, on fourth down conversions. But you don't want to have six fourth downs; you have to convert. <laughs> I I I don't think Tomlin's going anywhere. Obviously, uh, Todd Haley. I'm not sure what's going on there, but I could see them cleaning house on the defensive side. If not defensive coordinator Keith Butler, all the position coaches. I could see Joey Porter. Thanks for everything. See ya. Um, Carnell Lake, thanks for everything. See you later. Yeah, I, 
Jared D is uh, joining us. Jared Dulac. Is my mic up? Yep, you're up. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Randy. I think there's going to be some changes defensively. I don't think it's going to affect Keith Butler. Um, but I think you will see some position coaches go. I think you'll see Jerry Olsavsky probably stay. Um, but they need to they need to do something. There's no question about it. Um, you know, their personnel, the people they are drafting, just aren't performing when they really need them to. Oh, they're performing at an average level. Hmm. But did, did Bud Dupree play yesterday? Did I wasn't sure he was on the field or not. Invisible. Bud yeah. Dupree was invisible. They've got Mike right. Mitchell. I mean, the list of guys who can't make a play. I don't think He's they'll bring Mike Mitchell back. He has no. one more year left. I think I think they'll make that move there. But they, they can't just sit still after that. And, and you know, I mean, um, so I, I think that's you'll see some of the changes. I don't think you're going to see major changes, um, you know, because you have to you have to look the, at the totality of the season, what they accomplished, and they'll do that when they sit back and the emotion uh, kind of dissipates um, and the anger from the defeat. Um, but I, I don't think there's any question they'll, they'll make some changes offensively. I don't think they will. I'm not, you know, I, the only thing I will say about the Todd Haley situation with Ben is don't forget they brought in Todd Haley for one specific reason, and that was to sit on Ben uh, because of what was happening with Bruce Arians. They felt that he was kind of, I don't want to say out of control, but they just felt He's somebody. going to get Ben killed. Somebody needed it, but somebody needed to come in and yell at Ben, and they just felt that that wasn't happening. And, and so, um, you know, Ben didn't exactly have a rosy relationship with Ken Wisenhunt, and all he did was take him to 13-0 and as a rookie into the Super Bowl the next year. And then when he left, all Ben did was take shots at Ken Wisenhunt. So I don't think because there's a little bit of a frosty relationship there is that's going to be the reason why they make a move. And then if you look at the numbers, it's hard to, hard to argue with the offensive numbers in production. I don't mean this game. I mean all year. And Haley was brought in so that Ben is still playing. And will play at the age of 36. You know, he doesn't get hit much like he used to. And that was one of the reasons why they let Arians go. And we know it was a firing now. Um, and they didn't. They that wanted to change sweet, the offense man. so Ben didn't get we hit. They knew I, it then, too. <laughs> right. I, and and um, I don't like the calls, but I would, also, I would also say this. I don't think it helps, Jerry brought it up, when Ben throws the offensive coordinator under the bus. The quarterback sneaks. He was, you know, he's 18 of 19 when he quarterback sneaks. Fourth in a yard, when he sneaks or runs, if you will, on 18 of 19 successful. They haven't run a sneak since 2014. He was asked about that. He says, I don't know why we don't do it. Well, well he knows why. Well, A, he has the ability to check out of anything at any time. Either he can check out of it. They have Which he did on the do- second, fourth, uh, fourth and short, and he he threw the ball instead of running it. Well, it was a, a it was a play fake, but I mean the the first one I, I the first one Jacksonville, if you remember, called a timeout. Yeah. So they went to the sideline. That clearly was a call. And this is what they wanted to do: the flip wide to, to Le'Veon Bell. But they only had ten people on the field. That's uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville on that one when they called the timeout. Yeah. All right. They were confused and weren't sure what right. you know what they wanted to do, um, and it was a. I don't like the call. The problem the Steelers had yesterday, and they scored forty-two points. You can't attack a speedy defense wide. If you're going to attack a defense with that kind of speed, you need to go straight at them. But here's here's my my point, is that he has the ability to check out of everything. He's got that mm-hmm. kind of latitude. Uh, either he can change the line of scrimmage. He could have called a goose play um, with Marquise Pouncey. 
And over on, and then he said, well, I don't know why we don't do that. Well, he's complicit in that, too. Uh, and, again, I think we've seen it, we see it all year long. We've seen it for years with Wiz, too. He'd be bristled and, and bridled under Wiz and Hunt's reign. Um, that's got to stop. Now, if that means getting rid of the offensive coordinator, I don't know. But that's got to stop one way or the other. I don't know if that's the nature of his personality. The other thing about just the calls themselves, you have – allegedly, three Pro Bowl offensive linemen. You have an all-pro guard. You have an all-pro center. Forget quarterback sneak, a straight handoff to Le'Veon Bell. If you can't run behind two alleged all-pro performers, then you deserve to lose. They can't, and they did. Steelers... There will be no matchup in uh, New England, no rematch for TB12, who's probably going to walk right into the Super Bowl again. I wouldn't bet on that one either. I wouldn't bet on that after the way, what you've seen, the way the way you've seen Jacksonville play. I mean, that's a pretty good defense. And, I think they match up and with I, the Patriots I, better absolutely. than we did. I think, well, they're secondary. I think Blake Bortles surprised a lot of people. Of course, at this point, I didn't think that the Final Four would be uh, Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, and Tom Brady. I think everybody thought it would be Matt Ryan, Ben uh, uh, Brady Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Brees yeah. you know? Think how they're feeling in New Orleans yeah. today. Oh, man. But the, 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 it, it, my only worry is that you know, we, see, we saw the Steelers do it, and they did it three on the road in 2005. How much juice does Jacksonville have left? And also Fournette, although he came back in, injured his ankle. And I, 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 I said to Mike Prezuna, just sitting next to him, I said, this is just so Patriot-esque. They're going to get Jacksonville – and their biggest offensive weapon got an ankle. Right. And, of course, what that doesn't help, the NFL officiating system will. Make sure that <laughs> New England. Uh, I didn't get to see the whole game. I was kind of following along on Twitter as it was happening on Saturday night. But it appeared that, once again, the refs basically gave them every call. And they don't need the help, but they get it. They didn't need it Saturday night, but yeah. No, they would have beat them anyways. But there's never they don't they don't have to sweat ever. The fourth down call where they they the basically the Patriots punted the ball and then I think it was a neutral zone infraction yeah, yeah. that gave them the ball and then they led the charge down and scored a touchdown. Well, how about the that, debate over that call? Yeah, that was you know I mean, I mean it was five five, minute, five, yeah, yeah. five minutes later they changed the call. Steelers, Tennessee was hanging until that and then the wheels came off. Steelers led the league in sacks, couldn't sack Blake Bortles yesterday. Didn't take the ball away either. You know, I, look, if you're going to turn it over, that's one thing. But if you don't take it away to help negate the ones you give them, that makes it even worse. And there were only two, but uh, they were two costly ones because they resulted in 14 points. Man, yeah. that defense is one so fast. One negative play, Jerry. Uh, I know. And that was on a fumbled snap. Yeah. I'm repeating yeah. myself, but that, yeah. that, that's stunning to me. Yeah, one uh, negative play. All right, we're going to take a break. Mike Pursuit is going to join us in this power hour, our last power hour of Steeler Talk here this year. And um, it was the craziest season. In the end, I think the drama just finally caught up with them, and they lost focus. Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, uh, Randy. I think uh, what happened uh, back, going back to that Green Bay game, uh, you can trace the the problems yesterday to that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that's the entire reason they lost. But believe me, there's guys in that locker room who don't understand when some guys talk and do and say the things that they do, including Le'Veon Bell talking about next year and his contract and, and the whole bit. I mean, And then he tweets about video games last night at 9 o'clock. Yeah. That ought to endear himself to the Steeler faithful even more. But, you know, to me, I didn't understand 
why a head coach would would say what he did, but I thought, okay, once if he feels that way, he's the head coach, that's different, or we're not used to hearing that, that's fine, but what he does is he establishes a template for the other players. It's okay for you Mm -hmm. to talk and look ahead. And when that happens, it, it, it bristles players in the locker room, especially after a loss like that. All right, Mike Pursuta joining us next year. Mike Persuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Joining our Power Hour Steeler Talk with Stan Savern and Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, ben Roethlisberger got uh, right to the point after the Steelers' 45-42 loss to Jacksonville yesterday in the second round of the NFL playoffs. Roethlisberger talked about uh, how his desire to play is still there and about how he intends to keep playing right here. I don't know about contracts and who's coming back, but I know the guys up front are, and that makes it uh, good for me. And um, so I look forward to, to next year with those guys. And then a subsequent follow-up question, is that the decision? And he said, you heard you heard my answer. So now all of a sudden uh, i got to think about everything and, and weigh everything, the pros and the cons and my family and all the factors involved. I guess he's done that already. Yeah, he did it. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell also sounded like a guy who intended to be playing here next year. There's a lot of guys who's really young and still kind of getting better and developing. And I think, you know, another year, you make those guys even more elite. So um, it'll be, it'll be fun next year. Bell added uh, on Twitter last night, quote, I love my guys. My brothers kept fighting. We'll be back. So they got that going for him, which is nice. On the downside, they're not going to New England. They're not playing any more football this year. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. And if Vince Williams is to be believed, they let down uh, the entire free world, or at least uh, the entire free world that considers itself a part of Steeler Nation. That's why you feel the city of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? I feel Ryan. That's my best friend. I feel like I felt my best friend and Mr. Rooney. You know, we had a lot of expectations this season. We had a lot of hype. We had a lot of buzz generated. And to come out here in the second round at home in front of Hines, in front of everybody we care about and everybody that loves us and fail, you know, that feels like Well, Dickie captured the spirit of the thing. Yeah. Dickie. <laughs> As one of the guys who was sort of the lead muckraker, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, you know, he was stirring up a lot of stuff. Really disappointing yesterday seeing Leonard Fournette running right over him, pushing him back five yards after contact. Yeah, and you and you know what though too. Let's not forget. Look, the guys up front um, did not do a very good job. They were moved off the line of scrimmage oh. the entire time. They, they were entire, punished, as I said uh, earlier, and I used the Chuck Nolism. Mike and I were throwing on yesterday. Um, basically, football is a game of I've got to knock you on your can before you knock me on mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Javon Hargrave was just hamburger meat in there, and I know <laughs> he had a back issue, um, but you saw LT a lot Walton. of hamburger meat. Yeah, yeah, couldn't take everybody out. No, they took Hargrave out. Couldn't take the other guys out. No, there enough it, guys to put in. And you know, we talked about you know coaching change and so on and so forth. Um, uh, Bud Dupree, by my recollection. Uh, he was credited, I think, with one tackle, one assist. He he made a he made a good play uh, on on forcing a play uh, inside, which he's supposed to do. But he's been a big disappointment. Is he any and you better? You also saw T.J. Watt sort of disappear the last four or five games. Rookie Wall, you know, whatever. Um, and no, he, he he's going to be a very good player. But the, the outside linebackers have not developed. 
to where you need them to to be. Do you think Bud Dupree is Jarvis Jones 2.0? Because to me, not that bad. The production just—that's exactly what I was going to ask. There's no production. The production equals Jarvis Jones's production. Yes, but I I think he, I think he's a more explosive player. Um, uh, You know, if the quarterbacks took seven-step drops, uh, like the old days, he'd have about ten sacks because he just runs around the quarterback. But with his three-step drops, he has to develop some inside move. Uh, which is something Jarvis never did either. And that, that trying to get to the quarterback from the outside with those wide arcs, you have to at some point have to cut hmm. off that arc and go at the quarterback, and it just hasn't done that. Well, defensively, I still think it, it, their clear issue is what to do now that they no longer have Ryan Shazier because he was the linchpin of the defense, and when he got hurt in Cincinnati, people started running the ball on them, and when you get the ball run on you, everything else is going to fall apart eventually. This was... Uh, it was a top five defense in uh, yards, which is what they measure in a regular season. It was a top ten defense in scoring. They were seventh. And they were number one in sacks. And top five in pass. They were number five uh, in pass, believe it or not. Since that Bengal game, everybody ran the ball on them, and yeah. that's when they started giving up points. Yeah, there's no question, Mike, that their draft this year, I mean, it all changed yeah. when Ryan Shazier was, uh, yeah. got hurt. I mean, it was probably going to be, you know, a tight end or a safety but now it's going to be a, it's going to be a fast uh, inside linebacker. No, find that next it. guy, and you got to find somebody to play behind him because yeah. they didn't have any options when he got hurt. And they tried everything they could think of. Uh, they tried moving the pieces around the chessboard. They tried bringing in some new pieces. What was you know available to be brought in at that point? There's just no answer for that. They really have to bring in two inside linebackers. To me, Vince Williams is a backup. Yeah, I you know I I don't they're not going to have the luxury to do that. But, no, I, yeah, but sure I understand not. your point. I don't know if he's a backup. He's not a three down player that you build no. the defense around. I think and, yeah, better. I think you're right. I think yeah. better put you put him out there in a sub package and you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and, they take him out of some of them those too. So, uh, but yeah, he's certainly right. not you're the right. playmaker that Chase here was. No, no I mean, of course no. not, and it's no. unfair to expect him to be that. But he's he's a second tier guy. But then all of a sudden, because of the injury to Shazier, he's elevated to a position that he's not capable of handling. And the guys alongside him, you know, Sean Spence is sitting on his couch a month ago. Yeah. So, yeah, Sean Spence is playing because he's he can at least run sideline to sideline. That's why Tyler Matikevich doesn't play. I mean, you try. Well, he knows to, the system. Jim. Yeah, right, right. You've been trying to at least approximate what Shazier does. Doesn't mean you can do it. He was the closest one to be able to run sideline to sideline. Knows where he screwed up. What's that? He knows where he screwed up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I have all you guys here. I want to ask you real quick. Uh, Pirates dumping Garrett Cole. Stan, any thoughts about that? Yeah. I, the thing that bothers me the most is I see other big trades made in the major leagues going back a couple of years. Big name players, right? And I almost always seem to see one team has to part with a consensus, this is our top guy in our system. This is our second guy in the system. Mm-hmm. When the Pirates go, you can't have him, you can't have him, you can't have him, you can't have him. Then don't make the deal. If, if you're not getting what you want, then don't make the deal. There's no sense of urgency to move Cole. It's not about Cole. Mm-hmm. Cole, by and large, in my view, was a big disappointment. Now, I, I recognize the team he's playing with, but in the last two years, he's 19 and 22. 
But if you can't get what you want, I mean, you know, I look at the Andrew Miller trade. I look at some of the trades that, you know, the White Sox, you know, you know made. Uh, he's their number one guy in their system. And other teams say you can't have him, you can't have him, and the Pirates make the deal anyway. In all honesty, I don't know much about the return they got. But it does bother me that all, you know they say, well, you can't have him. Well, then don't make the deal. If you can't get what you want, don't make the deal. It's just so frustrating. And yeah. it's being buried by what's going on with the Steelers now. So what, we're going to take a break and come back. And we're Raise gonna the white flag. Do a, uh, think the Buckos <laughs> sent the Steelers a fruit basket? A, a little year in review, a little where do we go from here, and a look ahead. Because I think there are going to be some changes in this organization Art Rooney II has an opportunity right now to make a uh, make a statement. Yes, he does. With the fans, yes, he in a does. year that he had to kind of win a lot of his fans back. So I would not be surprised if uh, the the cries of the fans don't go unheard this time. Well, Four thousand empty seats yesterday. My my only caution is I have never ever known the Rooneys to capitulate to the fans and public. Opinion. I understand that ever. That's the only thing I'll say. Well, well, I don't think Art Rooney's uh, your average Rooney. You might be right. Yeah. (laughs) 4,000 empty seats yesterday. Give or take. Yeah, it was 64-something. Yeah. Was the announced crowd? Wow. It was. I mean, I know it was cold. It was was cold. Playoff game. Because everybody was. How cold was it, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I chipped the tooth on my soup. I actually did end up chipping a tooth yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. See, you jinxed yourself. I did. We had another cheerleader in the press box yesterday. Uh, You're kidding. Who was it? Ben's. It, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, those were Jacksonville guys. That was the guy sitting next to Coughlin. The yeah. Guy, that guy that kept... Yeah, yeah, he was part of the front office. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah. Then go sit in the owner's box. I was surprised they didn't give him a box. I mean, uh, you know, Coughlin especially. Yeah. Coughlin was sitting with the press? Yeah, yeah. Why? Up, up toward their end. I didn't know until somebody told me after the game. Yeah. I, I think no it was a Jacksonville team executive, but I'm sorry if you're going to sit in the press box. Yeah. You don't cheer in the press box. Yeah, no cheering in the press box. The but you do make derisive comments. Mark Madden. Peering Mark Madden, very outside. happy. Do you, you want to come those... in and, and holler here? Come on in, Mark. Go ahead. Take Jerry's mic there for a second and explain it. Go ahead. And... You're elation. Yeah, how thrilled I'm not, are you? I'm not elated at all. This is bad for business. This is less money in all of our pockets. Right. Other yeah. than that, it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought they got beat badly physically on both sides of the ball in the trenches. They scored 42 points. I, I, I know. I watched. But that doesn't mean they didn't get beat badly in the trenches. Would they have scored 70? The well, I mean, I'm not blaming Ben or AB. I, I think they were the only elements that kept those, the Steelers in the game. But I thought, you know, i, I got to be honest, and I'm going to talk about this a lot today. I think, once again, there are a bunch of punks who talk and talk and talk and talk, and when it came time to stand up and be counted, a team that shows up to work punched them in the mouth and won. And I think it happens far too often. All right. Well, salient points by Mike, Mark Madden. All right. Jackson, we'll a quick break. With you We're sure. coming right back here with more uh, reflection of what went down yesterday at Heinz Field TV. Yes. Yeah, it's the DV Morning Show and finishing up this Power Hour Steeler Talk. Stan Saverin, who's been doing this all year, and thank you for that. It's been a very enjoyable. Yeah, it's job, been awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Post-Steeler game and an honor to have the godfather of Pittsburgh sports broadcasting with us each Monday uh, or Tuesday or Friday or whenever the hell they played. You know, Roger Goodell <laughs> had him playing in every showcase uh, spotlight he possibly could. And also thanks to Jerry Dulac who also braved the elements all year long with the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network, along with Mike Pursuta and Bob Labriola. 
And uh, first question I have for you is uh, who is the most important person on this Steelers team going forward? To me, uh, you know, it's the same. It's it's number seven uh, always. Seven. It's it, the 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 whole team revolves around him, um, uh, and you know. He's not going to be remembered yesterday for the performance he put on. Uh, that was quite the aerial show. Uh, and, and those 479 touchdowns, yards? 469, five touchdowns. I mean, some two of them on fourth down right now. So, but he'll be rem- part of what will be remembered is falling behind and the two, you know, the two turnovers leading to 14 points. That's not going to, you know, it's not going to soil it totally. But that, uh, it what should he, be remembered. Absolutely. But it, what he did. Playing in that team's hands. That's what they do. That's what they did to you yeah. the first time. Let's throw it 55 times. Randy, what did we say going Stop into the game? I'll never throw it 55, and you're right. They threw it 58. <laughs> should, have, should have had 20 attempts passing yesterday. Yeah, that's what I, I was, uh, you know, but, I wanted to see that, Ben go 18 moot, for 20. That's a moot point when it became 21-7 to 7 and your defense couldn't stop their offense. You had to keep scoring to keep up. He had to do it. I mean, you can't hand it to Le'Veon Bell at that point, and so you have to throw because they got in the hole. Yeah, but I they mean, got they got do? in the hole because they threw. They first series. Oh, well, you can't not throw. You got to throw it at some point. It was a bad throw. I mean, at some point you got to throw. Where the was ball. where was that you play got, going? It was sideways to Vance look, McDonald Mike, in front of look, the stick. I, I'm, I'm I understand not you got to throw. I'm not arguing. What did Jacksonville that? do? Check down to the back. Play it safe. It was a bad because they were in the lead. Up. They could play that way. Well, what made it worse was because it reminded everybody of what happened in the Jacksonville regular season game. Had it happened, it would have been bad enough, but the fact that it was like pouring gasoline on a burning fire. Mm -hmm. Here we go again. And don't think for a moment that that didn't buoy Jacksonville. And saying, the first drive, wow. Everybody was saying, watch Jacksonville against Buffalo and said, come on. This is, you know, against Buffalo and the way, how awful they looked offensively. To come out and score like that. And then the, the pass to McDonald sets up, although again, Jacksonville 5-for-5 five five in the red zone. The defense could have stepped up and forced a field goal or could've. two. That's allowed. Might have made, uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. made a difference uh, in the game. Fourth down stop there would have changed the whole game, I think, too, early on. First Is drive. It, don't first for, drive. Don't forget, too, it's easy to equate the first game to the second game by what happened. But it was 9-7 to seven in the third quarter in that first ahead. game. And then the mm-hmm. picks occurred. This was different. They got behind right from the get-go. And it's 21-7 in the second quarter. Then became 28-7. In 28-7, the third quarter, they right. came back. And again, the, the, the partial block punt, they did nothing with that. As I said, I, I, I thought if they tied it, they would win the football yeah. game. Because Jacksonville now begins to doubt themselves. Right. They just never got there. And so, somebody came up with a great stat. In his playoff career... When Ben has thrown more than 35 times, they've never won a game, never won a playoff game. When he's thrown more than 35 passes, which is a product of being behind, I understand that. But when he's thrown 35 or more, they've never won a playoff game. So since he's, and I asked that question knowing what the answer was and figured you'd all agree, number seven, the most important facet of this team going forward with Todd Haley's contract up, with all the offseason crap with him how isn't it conceivable that ben could try to wield some influence last year by threatening to retire he tried that last year and it didn't work i mean let me say this they internally when ben said i'm not sure if i'm coming back everybody in that building thought it was he was trying to get i mean people who mattered 
thought he was trying to get Todd Haley fired. That's what they thought. And now I'm not going to dismiss anything. It was absolutely anything. not taken seriously. What's that? Yeah, it was That's not right. Taken and now I'm not going to dismiss, dismiss what Ben maybe tip, or truly felt as we got into the training camp. He sounded more convincing. And I'm not going to dismiss any of that. But I'm just telling you what they thought then, what he was trying to do with that threat or, or perceived threat. And this is yesterday. Um, I don't know why we don't quarterback sneak more. I mean, this is a history of, of you know these kinds of things happening. Uh, I believe it was the uh, the Kansas City playoff game. Um, they were on the goal line. He threw an interception. He said, and then his comment was, "Well, I just run the plays that are called," right, right. which is BS. You know, he has that kind of latitude, and you hate to see. I mean, a lot of people. Todd Haley is the you know most reviled offensive coordinator, but I would also uh, Tom Moore was reviled as an every offensive coordinator. Every offensive coordinator. They scored forty two points. Right, and we're talking about Todd Haley, and they put up forty two points. Right, exactly. And again, his job was to come in and make sure Ben did not get hit. He doesn't get hit as often as he used to. The offense is very productive, Um, and obviously, offense wasn't the issue except. For turnovers, yes, and for not converting at critical times of the game. Good, and those are two pretty big things. Yes, four plays, situational play calling. I mean, two are, in, the two turnovers and the two fourth downs. Yeah. They, and to me, and they took those two stops, went down the field, and scored yeah. touchdowns. To me, they're not an offense with an identity. They are collect. They are a collection of all pro caliber players who are capable of incredibly spectacular things. But to your point, they can't get a yard when they need what's it. Their, what's their go-to play? What's their identity? What's their signature? Okay, it's the third quarter. It's the fourth quarter. Third and two, fourth and one. What's happening? Just about anything, apparently. The mere fact that you think that you have to use trickery um, on fourth and less than a foot, yeah. and you've got allegedly three Pro Bowl performers on your offensive line. Some think Gilbert is close to it. I do not. And they talk about Knicks that way, too. Right. No, no Roosevelt Knicks came out of the game, game. on fourth yeah. down. Um, Line up, knock them back, move the chains. I'm not so sure to save some calf money. I wouldn't somehow try to move Marcus Gilbert and re-sign Hubbard. Hubbard played a great game yesterday. I'm not so sure he isn't the better player. But even with that, if you believe that Gilbert has been a Pro Bowl snub, and you're looking at fourth and less than a foot, as I said earlier. And again, behind Pouncey and DeCastro, regarded arguably as the best at their positions, and you don't feel comfortable that you can move people off the ball and you have to go wide or, or go play action 20 yards downfield, something's wrong there. All right, so if you are Mr. Rooney, you're meeting with Mike Tomlin at the end of the year, what do you tell him has to change? Anything? Oh yeah, it, yeah, and and I think we we were talking about that earlier. I think you got to make some changes defensively on the staff, and and then you start looking at your personnel. Um, I think you have to look what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Um, but uh, what about specifically his performance? Whose performance? Mike Tomlin's. What has to change there? Uh, um, I, I because you're talking about a personnel change and changing yeah, up to his I, I influencers, but I mean, you have still have to look at the totality of it. I mean, you know, if you're going to ask him to change, uh, you know, maybe you change. I mean, what are you going to say? You, hey, hey, Mike, you got to get better at clock management. Yeah, which is whatever. I know. Uh, I'm saying uh, that, that's what I'm asking. Do you say anything like that after the season? 
That I, look, there's one thing that's been keeping us back. The, uh, I, I can't I can't think of one instance where clock management costs them a game in his entire ten years. Other you than say, the no, onside no. kick yesterday. You could, that, yeah, but that's that's a stupid. I don't like that decision either. Look, I, to awful. me, you should have pooched it. You know, if you're going to do something, but don't. Yep. And then if your your argument is, well, you know, we don't we didn't think we can stop them. Well, I mean, come on. At some point, I I just don't buy that. I would have pooched that kick if nothing else. I would have huddled up the D, pointed up at the box where Ryan Chazier was sitting, and say, "Do it for him right now. You got to go out there and stop him. Well, Motivate your squad." Quickly, here's the thing that on the onside work. kick. You know you're going to have to stop him. You know that you have the two minute warning and two timeouts. The real issue, Mike and I were talking about it. The issue is, at where on the field do you want to do that? You're going to have to stop them. The chance of you recovering an onside kick, 5%. Mm-hmm. And remarkably, they did stop them, but that's they were my, in field goal range. That's my point. <laughs> so if you kick it deep, even if they return it out to the 25 or 30, you end up stopping them inside the 35 as opposed to stopping them at your own 30. The, the issue with the onside kick was 60 yards. In other words, the procedures that you were going to have to go through and the timeouts remaining and the time remaining were exactly the same. The question is, where do you want to make your last stand? If you don't make the last stand, you lose anyway. Right. So do you want to do it at... The Jacksonville 30 or at your own 30-yard line where they can kick a field goal? And the answer is kick the ball deep. And Bo- Boswell completely, for as great as he's been all year, completely stinks at onside kicks. You know what? I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and check with Elias on this. I was talking to Tom Bradley about this last night. I'm going to find out what the what the success rate is now of onside kicks. That has entirely changed with once they did away with that wham rule. Uh, the, do you, how often do you see guys recover onside kicks now? Not very Never. often. So to right. So to me, you're just better off pooching it down the field or squibbing yeah. it down there. That onside kick, I haven't seen. I don't know if I've seen one work all year of you in any game. Not certainly not in the Steeler game. I want to say that right. I saw one in a regular season. Yeah, game. there's not year. many anymore. There was no, one not, fairly not, recently. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I think it happened once. And you know, Seattle used to be great at that. Yeah. With effort. Remember that? Used to you know used to do that. But the wham rule, you can't do that anymore. And again, the success rate. Um, it's so minimal. You're going to have to make Custer's last stand. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do it. Absolutely. Make them punt and then take your shot, even with no timeouts. A 13-3 and season comes to a very disappointing end. How can you look at a 13-3 and season and say, well, that stunk. You lose to the Jags at home. Disappointing ending. I mean, it was a fun year. Nice. It was. It was a fun year, like and if you're a fan, like the girl that a, you date that drives you crazy. Too, yeah. the way they came back. Yeah. If you're a fan, this just in. You don't get a ring. So you, you wait a second. What you put all these hours into watching it, <laughs> and obsessing over it. You know, enjoy the ride. It, it's a bad ending, but that's why they'll come back next year, Randall. Man, there was something, something about this year that I don't want to have happen again. There was something about the drama, clearly. The Shazier injury is something that will devastate Steeler fans for a long time to come, remembering that. And Godspeed to him, and hopefully his goal of getting up out of that chair is met sooner rather than later. And if there's any, anybody that can do it by all accounts, he's a man of that kind of character. Let's hope so. Yeah, but, things are, as they say, the arrows pointed up. And I, one last whine. When they lost to New England, all the circumstances involving there, obviously the call against them from New York, Ben throwing an interception when they could have kicked a field goal. 
The biggest takeaway from that, which I said at the time, wasn't that they would have to play in New England if they got that far. It's that they would have to deal with Jacksonville because it reconfigured the who they would have to list play. right in the playoffs. Uh, you know, this is 2020, but even if you, even if they would have won yesterday, and the same applies for Jacksonville, those two teams are going to beat each other up. So the biggest issue was maybe they would have lost to Kansas City or Tennessee yesterday. I don't know, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to have to play Jacksonville, and to me. That was the biggest thing when that reconfigured the entire AFC playoff picture. And that's exactly what happened because we, we beat them up enough for Fournette to be injured. There they go, limping up to New England. Thanks, Jerry D. You got it. Tonight, Bottle Shop, Ben's and I, last show. And Seven uh, to nine. thanks to Tim for joining us earlier. And thanks, as always, Stan. Thank you for a great year of football. Power hours here on DV. Appreciate it, man. Glad to be here. Tomorrow on the show... More stuff. I mean, there's still going to be a show now. We yeah, have to do yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah I don't I know. What so. the hell we're going to talk go about? Don't they know this is the end of the world? Where's Skeeter <laughs> Davis I, when you need her? We still got to go down and talk to the players one more time. Well, maybe we'll get one of them Hawaii bomb alerts, and none of us will have to come to work tomorrow. <laughs>